0: Oh, hello. Welcome back. It's another edition of your favourite podcast, The Chronicles of Podcast. Yes, welcome in. Take a seat. Get your popcorn ready. Get your ice lollies or whatever it is you tend to enjoy us with. And uh, whilst Jamie acts out everything I say, I will let him carry on. Are you done? Are you good? Okay, excellent. Welcome to the 96th edition of The Chronicles of Podcast. And Jamie, I do believe within the realms and the dimensions of this room, I almost said vacant area for some weird reason. It's not vacant, because I'm in it. Uh, Are the Chronicles of Christopher Ward? Yeah,
1: they are, baby.
0: Massive happy birthday for a few weeks ago, my friend. Hit it!
2: Hi there. You're about to enjoy the Chronicles of Tom and Gene. Hi,
0: everyone. I'm Kevin Matton.
2: Hey, guys. My
1: name's Annabelle Knight. Hello, this is Becky Baldwin.
2: Hello, I'm Chesney. Hey, what's up, everyone?
1: This is Brayden from Say We Can Fly.
2: Hi, I'm Christopher Ward, and this is the podcast known as the Chronicles of. You're going to find out stuff you never really wanted to know and so much more. Thanks, guys.
0: Whole month having birthdays.
1: Wow, the thread cut on these sheets is pathetic. Nothing makes me happier than breaking out my less than mint 1990 K's catalogue having a nostalgia wank. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 96th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And. are the Chronicles of Christopher Ward. This is I, the Bearded brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, always, is this handsome devil right here.
0: It only caught the end of your these, so I'm ah, going to imagine... Damn it! ...that it was Black Velvet. It was Black because Velvet, Because yeah. Of course it's going to be, because it's yeah. our guest this week. Um, oh, I proper went for that as well. Damn it! No, I know you didn't. It, the, <laughs> the ending was beautiful, just totally, you know, so... Um, It's the Scotsman Tom. What's going on guys? Welcome to a brand new edition uh, of the Chronicles of Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, Jamie, Yes, do you know what I absolutely love about websites and TV license, so like BBC iPlayer, that sort of thing, is it goes, are you over 18? (laughs) Yes or no? And anyone can go, yes. Yes. And it lets you straight in. No, 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 no questions asked. So, I love how the BBC player goes, do you have a TV licence? And you just go, <laughs> yes. yes. And the BBC player sits there and goes, okay.
1: That's always <laughs> made me laugh. 14-year-old me, when he first discovered internet porn, found that really fucking funny, I can guarantee you. <laughs> Are you eighteen? Yeah, fucking right, I am. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm amazed that they haven't actually introduced... Like, I mean, it'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it, that you have to send your fucking identification to Pornhub or whatever. <laughs> But, I mean, if they don't want kids seeing seeing stuff like this, why don't they bring that in? Because it's so e- I don't get why it's like, are you ever 18? Because then it will go, yeah, cool, I'm in, perfect. I can actually see everything I've ever wanted to.
1: I, to my mind is warped. <laughs> it's blatant just to cover their own backs. So they can, they can go, why was this child allowed to watch your content? And you go, well, we did ask if he was 18. There's not a lot else we could do with just a website. Right. Numbers, numbers Yeah, that's literally all it is We don't care Please just give us money
0: Yeah, probably that's pretty much how it works But it just makes me laugh That he could be like uh, <laughs> Yeah Oh, sweet, perfect I don't actually have to prove anything Or tell you who I am or <laughs> who I'm not It's just a case of literally pressing yes And away we fucking go, boys and girls We love it
1: <laughs> yeah. Have you ever clicked no just to see what it does? Just think.
0: just thinking I think, does it boot you up does it boot you out I don't know don't know does it block it I no because who's ever wanted I, um, do you know what? I'm absolutely dying for a Tommy right now I tell you <laughs> like I just want to get this massive Tommy uh, you know oh it's asking me from over 18 shit <laughs> nope oh
1: what? no one's gonna do that are they everyone's gonna be like but <laughs> you yeah. press no like well we admire your honesty have a wank anyway <laughs> <laughs> Here, here is some... So- Here's some Emmanuel for you. There's <laughs> some
0: soft softcore <laughs> Channel 5 stuff on the go for you. Yes! There you go. So Emmanuel man- <laughs> movies. All see boobs. And they're still wearing underwear and they just rub against each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just looked he like said a Tommy. I haven't heard that phrase in fucking years. Nah. Oh, no. So...
0: <laughs> Do you remember my, my story last week about the uh, train incident where when I would had dental surgery I I asked this lady if she wanted six wines not to have sex with me? Yes, yes, I remember, yes. So on the return journey um I was at Glasgow train station and I got to the platform and I was like, oh, "Really fancy a coffee." So I went into the into the cafe and the lady behind the counter was fucking mental. <laughs> so the- where she because she was like I'm closing in two minutes I'm I was like okay but I'm the only person here so can I have a latte please and she's like yeah yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm closing in two minutes though and then she was absolutely obsessed with talking toilets it was a very weird conversation she was obsessed with going um so do you need to wee I was like sorry I was like <laughs> did you need a toilet at all I was like no mum thanks I'm good and she was like Okay, because obviously I'm on my own and I'm shutting in a minute. So, like, there's no toilet, there's no facilities available. The only facilities available are the ones that I've got. But I'd have to take you there because obviously you're not allowed back here because of health and safety. So if you need a piss or a poo, you're going to have to wait and go on the train. And I was like, I have my coffee, please. (laughs) This is very weird. But she didn't stop talking. Like, she just didn't stop talking about
1: the toilet and about how she'd have to escort me. It was really weird. Made it sound like, would you like me to escort you to the toilet? (laughs) You know that
0: Tommy you mentioned about pressing yes. about consenting on your own <laughs> have thing there. Do you know that? Do no, that? Hell no. Hell She probably would have like held it for me and gone, there you go, loved it. But to wipe it for you as well. how did you know get from
1: well? how did you get from I'm closing in two minutes to do you need a piss or a poo? It was so weird, dude.
0: Like <laughs> it was so weird. Um so yeah, it was a very, very odd, very odd conversation, odd moments there, you know. It's just she's just obsessed
1: with talking toilets. That is very very weird. I, oddly enough, I also have a follow up to a conversation we had last week. Your beautiful story about the teacher asking the children what their greatest days were. Uh, I asked Olivia. Wasn't quite the answer I was expected. She just looked at me. I don't know, Daddy. You choose. So apparently, I've got to choose her greatest day child's incredibly undecisive i don't know where she gets it from
0: i think it was before you were born um (laughs) that was definitely daddy's greatest (laughs) day sorry
1: i was gonna say something then but if i get heard i will be beaten so i'm gonna shut up (laughs) um yeah you're quite
0: is it from you or from her uh, Indecisiveness. Oh
1: that dough so from me. I'm John, I'll do anything to please anybody because I don't like that's a, decisions. That's a, so, very, yeah.
0: that's a very, very good point, actually. That's why I find it so infuriating sometimes. <laughs> it's like fuck me, dude. Just fucking pick something. Like, why are we still here? No. We came to this brothel for a reason. Now choose a hole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was um on my return from uh two thousand trees. Um I was walking down over the bridge. Uh, and I went to go and pick something up. Uh, I think I was posting something on the pick of something up. Anyway, I was on the phone to Keris uh, and we were having a little chat. But then I stopped talking because I was absolutely stunned and shocked by two pigeons were on the bridge <laughs> facing each other, like they were having a conversation. <laughs> they were literally looking at each other, going,
2: oh, oh. that's
1: it. They weren't moving, they were just staring at each other. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love the idea of you just walking and being like, "Hold on, love, I need to know how this conversation ends." <laughs> <laughs> literally, they were literally, just, they weren't moving. They're were staring at
0: each other, caught co- the co- cooing, whatever it is they do, and I was like, "This is nuts." I bet he's going spit or swallow. <laughs> it's probably like, is that... <laughs> Should Do we do in public or should we go under the bridge? <laughs> All right, which one? Which one's better for you? All right, uh, how we're we gonna get? How we gonna get through this? You know, make this as. Just... As least awkward for all the other pidgeys here, you know, all of the other pidgeys. We don't need an audience. <laughs> oh, that's what you're into. Oh, we definitely need an audience for that. That's that's a back backdoor nine slash shit, that is.
1: Make a really good point, though. Have literally no idea what pets are saying or animals are saying to each other. They could be saying the most weirdest shit ever, and we wouldn't have a clue. They could be nope. talking about us, and we wouldn't fucking know. Oh,
0: that's no, it is. I'm always intrigued by what animals are saying to each other.
1: It's, it's like when you walk into a room or something, and two people are talking a foreign language. You're like, I wonder what they're talking about. I bet it's the most inane, boring crap, but I bet it's something exotic because it's not from England. They've got to be talking about something interesting.
0: It's basically translated into God, I had a massive shitter. It just, it just, it actually hurt my ass. Like even my mum looked at it and went, Jesus Christ, that's why. No reason you can't flush it.
1: Is that what I mean, though? you think it's something really exotic and interesting? It's literally like that. I had a massive shitter.
2: Yeah, and oh, the French language, language
1: beautiful. Oh, yeah. the language of love.
0: Anyway, before we really get into the nutty, nutty, cruxy, deliciousy, bollocksy part, I had a thought today that really made me go, do you know what, actually? I I wonder if this is the most used word in songs ever. People love a woe in songs, don't oh. they? Oh, they do. You can't go wrong with a woe. So I've started watching SummerSlam from last night. Mm. And obviously, Cody Rhodes' song, Kingdom by Downstate, mm. has the woe in it there where everyone lives for that moment to, to get to shout woe when it happens. And I was just thinking to myself, how many different varieties of woe are there as well? Because obviously, <laughs> there's loads of different varieties of woe that people enjoy in songs as well. For example, Venger Boys. Whoa, we're going to Ibiza. Yeah? Yep. Then you've got um Set Faces of stun by Skindred. Whoa, whoa. Yeah? Yep. You've got Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer, which is obviously the obvious one.
2: <laughs> whoa. Whoa.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I put Guns N' Roses Switch out of mine. Now I can't remember the bit.
1: Whoa. Whoa. Uh, uh,
0: uh. Sweet, yeah, there you go. See, it's <laughs> in there as well. It's fucking everywhere,
1: and in every AFI song ever. <laughs> I'm. Uh... Whoa, he puts them in everywhere. Oh. Baby, is it Miss Murder? Well. It's bound to be. I can't think off top of made but it's bound. Ah, to so is it in Girls Not Grey? i I'm Pretty certain there's one in Girls Not Grey. Where is it? I can't remember the fucking song off top of made but it's bound to be. Bullshit.
0: You always have smart and clever and yes, now I've did. called you out on it and you're like
1: fuck. I can't remember as the whole band's back catalogue. We'll follow.
0: No, it's it's not in there, I don't think.
1: Follow
0: Suppose. I suppose, yeah. But then he is using the end of follow rather than the woeing. It's, it's an, an owing well. almost, No,
1: It's still a woe, I don't care. It's still a woe. People,
0: I want you to go <laughs> listen to every airfire song going, <laughs> and I want you to come back. No one will, but no go one back will. and you know, sorry, Claire and Gemma are too Um, Can you go and check? <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. We have many and many a people. It's always grand and gracious, and we appreciate you so much. Um, when you check out these episodes, but um. Anyway, Jamie, I I wanted to write more songs down. And I I literally thought of it like an hour ago before we interviewed. So I was like, "Oh shit, uh, I've got to do this really quickly because it's just coming. It's just come to me." That's why I came up with four. With four, there's bound,
1: years. there's bound to be more. Bound it's to be so many bones.
0: more. Isn't there woes in steps one for sorrow as well?
1: Oh, I can't remember how the chorus goes. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was in there. It's probably it's in all these songs. But I did just quickly want to raise something to you as well. Something I I saw on the internet fucking ages ago while we're away. And I'm intrigued if you would you would indulge yourself in this. I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen the new burger you can get at Burger King in Thailand?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't really do my research for Burger Kings in Thailand,
1: so... No, but neither do I, but it came up on my Facebook feed. And I saved this absolutely ages ago and I forgot all about it. And it's CNN... Hi, Brian, wife. <laughs> <laughs> CNN reports Burger King Thailand has introduced the real cheeseburger a sandwich that contains 20 slices of American cheese stacked on a sesame seed bun with no patty and no other toppings.
0: Oh, I have seen this. Yes, I have. It's literally just cheese.
1: Who the fuck would eat this?
0: Thailand. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, they literally took it literally. <laughs> they really did. Oh, I can imagine a cheeseburger. Literally just cheese. It'd be it, the cheese would be amazing. The bun would be awful because it's there's so nothing dry. to yeah, there's nothing to like counteract the breadiness. All those carbs and fucking bready <laughs> doughy. You'd be there chewing like I've been chewing for 84 years. <laughs> the Titanic sunk bit fifty thousand years ago. I'm still fucking here.
1: Is the cheese melted? Is it straight out of the fridge? Like, there's so many questions here. Like oh, there is a lot. There is a lot of questions there.
0: That is. I'd say no if it was a block or like a bit you know a bit more rather than your pathetic shitty little American cheese slices that are like plastic fantastic plastic um I don't know where I was going with that what's fantastic plastic (laughs) I don't know I really enjoyed it I think I think call got sick in my head because we were talking about songs and I was just like you know and obviously Barbie's out right now and people are obviously loving it so uh anyway Jamie so uh
1: how are things anyway how are you doing but I'm very well. yeah, i'm I'm, I'm relaxing. i've had, I've got some time off work at the moment, so i'm I'm having a nice, chilled bit of time. It's lovely not getting I'd say not getting up early, but I'm still been getting up early every day. But on my own accord, not someone else's. So it's nice. yeah, it's nice. How are you, sir? how are you how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um
0: a little tired, actually, but, Obviously I've not worked for two weeks now. Um oh, yeah. it's been, you know, I've been I've been paid for them though. Uh, and now I'm going into my week of nothing, no pay, nothing. So I'm a bit like mm, I'm a bit apprehensive, shall we say. Um, but for those that are unaware, I can now so I've got a brand new job. So, um, which didn't go down very well at a previous role. Um so, fucking, um so yeah, <laughs> so i'm really I'm really looking forward to cracking on and you know starting this on the fourteenth um, a nice night in bath. I'm looking forward to that' It'd be great, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so yeah, I'm all right, man, I'm all right, it's been a it's been a bit of a hefty weekend of a hefters, a bit of hefters, a bit of hefters, <laughs> yeah, so what's been going on with you, my friend
1: no i would say not a lot, but it has actually been quite busy, um mostly reannoing for the since we last did this. My last shift is on Thursday, and like I said, I've got like ten days off now, which is very nice indeed. Um, I had another driving lesson the other day; it's going very well. The driving instructor said he was going to try and force me to make a mistake because he didn't like the fact that I was getting everything first time. I was like, Ha-ha! "So yeah. is it do you reckon it's an age thing? Do you reckon it's because you're older that you're paying more Maybe. attention?" And you no, but no, it's. I, I, feel, I thought I was going to brick it and make mistakes, but no, I seem to be doing quite well. Good work, my friend. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be driving us to Bloodstock next year, hopefully. Um, Friday was Olivia's birthday. My little girl is six, which is amazing. We went to London for the day. We took her to London Zoo. She absolutely loved it. And just like her father, the favourite animal she saw was the sloths. There was three sloths. I've never seen a sloth in real life before, and I absolutely love the bloody things. So that was amazing. But there was... Great. I have been to London Zoo in about 15 years, so it was great to go again. It's a great little, great place. I thought like your favourite animals were goats. I like all sorts of goats. I do. I like all sorts of goats. Like all sorts of dinosaurs. I do like dinosaurs too. I like a lot of things. I'm very easily into You like me.
0: everything. You like everything. Like everything. You do, everything. love ev- You love everything. So I do,
1: to be fair. I'm, I'm glad you're dancer. actually a good fan. Although I do have a gripe with zoos. I feel like there should be more organisation into them into which way you're supposed to walk. It's sort of like a free for all, and I feel like you're going to miss things. And I was getting quite aggravated at it, to be honest. But you know, I don't
0: think there should be zoos, period. But yeah, lions not that. lions should not be over here. Giraffes well, should not be over here. You know, I mean, it's not their climate. They should be able to just do what they fucking want. Not off bid, not dance, dance monkey dance for people, dance lion dance
1: for people's entertainment. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's just, it's just weird on it because the com- conservation side of it, you're like, okay, I get it, and then there's the other side of it. Yeah, it's an owl. It's a bit a weird of a Wait, a polar bear. <laughs> In England.
0: Are you what? Are you mental? They need ice and water. What the fuck are you doing
1: here?
0: Oh but we've set the temperature to minus forty. I don't give a fuck. You caged them, you
1: prick. Oh I know you were about to, to say then. Yeah, I was, yeah.
0: I was about to drop a C bomb. We don't drop C bombs on this show. No, um yeah, it's undes- no, no. I do not know know. I d I know. I don't I don't, I don't like them. don't like 'em, don't read them. So That's fair.
1: But uh, yeah, after after we went to London Zoo, we went to Buckingham Palace because Olivia's always said she wanted to see where the Queen lives. Okay, okay. And then we were there, and she, well, yeah, I know, but she's now she just says the King and Queen because you know she thinks Camilla's our Queen. Um, But we were there, literally not even ten minutes. It's like, yeah, okay, this is nice. Let's go now. (laughs) It's not exactly a lot to do there, is it? It's just you sort of look at it and go, oh, look, big house where Queen lives or King lives, and that's about it, really for a meal and then come home again it was but it was a great day and she made me very proud she was very brave and things that she's normally terrified of so fair play to the kid uh yesterday we had a big party at the house loads of children and adults here and i was horribly out of my comfort zone i absolutely hated it um then we had kids stay over which was nice and then and back today and then we've just done an absolutely incredible interview and here we are it's been a short one so
0: did you get to have any adults or kids there of your friendship side or family side by any chance?
1: Yeah, my family was here. Yeah, my family was here. None of my friends were here because I've only got one friend that has kids and she was already had plans. So, Interesting. Okay, fair enough. Um, there we are. There we are. How are you? What have you been up to my friend?
0: Um, what have I been doing? I've not been Rihanna in, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, I completed the brand new Oddworld game, Soulstorm. Uh, but if you're a fan of Abe, Abe's Odyssey or Abe's Exodus from the PlayStation back in the day, fucking hell, you need to get on this. It's so good. Um, I've played a lot of FIFA. This is literally my life. I've watched a lot of wrestling. I'm completely up to date. I'm watching some of that at the moment. Um, But it's been a bit of a nuts. Friday Saturday, Friday, Saturday and today have been absolutely mental. So Friday, um, I went over to Keras' mum's at like lunchtime, and I was there pretty much all day, and nearly all evening. Uh, sorting her garden out, mowing it, weeding, weeding, taking some p- paving slabs out to make a new patio for her, and that sort of things. So I've been doing loads of that, so that that absolutely broke my back, um, on Friday, and then yesterday, um, Paul came down to see me, so he was here for the day. Um, I picked him up from the station about eleven, and we literally just drank coffee and watched rugby all day, and it was fucking amazing. <laughs> um, literally the best day yesterday. Scotland beat the Fr- we beat France as well, and France like third in the world, so. That made me really happy. We're fifth. So, you know, it might have changed now with the new rankings. I don't know. Um, so I was absolutely buzzing for that with the World Cup coming up. Um and today I've been back at Kerris' mum's doing a garden again. Um, finishing off what I didn't finish. Um, so like churning the earth up to get all the brand new soil to the top because the grass is dead and that sort of thing like, mm. uh, strimming all the sides to get all the wheat, like, there's loads and loads and loads of those massive twigs with loads of thorns and, like, spiky shit on them, Ooh. so they're pulling all of those out um, it's been great, it's just, it's knackering, it's absolutely knackered me up, but it's because I've not worked for two weeks, so I've been on my ass. so, yeah. like, as soon as I start doing something I'm like, fuck it, this is what work feels like Jesus Christ, um <laughs> And she was like helping her mum, like, clear the how, because she's having like the house redone. Um, so, but she's chosen like four rooms at once. No, I'm joking. Um, it's, there's a lot of things started, you know what I mean? So, like, a lot oh, of yeah. things have started and like they're only half done. So, I've uh, been working on the garden. So, I'll be going back again this week before Bloodstock to make sure that that is all completed before we go away. So, and I obviously, I start work next Monday, week tomorrow. So, um, as we recall, this on Sunday evening. So doing a lot of that, and like I said, um, our, we had an amazing interview that got sadly was very time restricted. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was a bit poo, but never mind. Uh, we will catch up with those boys again. Um, happens to be our hundredth edition. Uh, just yeah, just yeah. To throw that out there as well. So um, yeah, man. So you know, not a lot's been happening, but I've done a bit. If that makes sense. So that makes sense. I, yeah. I love gar- I love gardening. I do. So. I love mowing, and that's it. After that, I'm like, you can do whatever you can do. But I was just getting involved because it's just nice to help, in it? So, um, and of course, uh, as you're listening to this, we are currently at the Bloodstock Festival uh, interviewing many, many a band. Um, this is our last festival of the season. Um, so we'll do as we did last year, and hopefully you'll enjoy a nice little vlog in the future. Ooh.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm so excited. I'm
0: very so really <laughs> looking forward to it. There's going to be a special guest host as well. To uh, cool. to, to uh, Malpass is rejoining us on the uh, on the show to help us with our Bloodstock vlog. So he's going to be getting all the all the public interviews and having chats with people and stuff. So we're really really excited uh, to bring all that together and obviously interview all of your favourite heavy metal bands from the festival itself. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So excited.
1: So bloody excited. <laughs>
0: absolutely but uh well seeing as we've all caught up jamie i suppose we should even brayden at stay cozy clothing oh yes we definitely should come on all right is this thing on well howdy doody everybody
1: this is brayden berry from say we can fly founder of stay cozy clothing your one-stop shop for the coziest most fashionable hoodies t-shirts and more Gorge, mickey that's right
0: folks and we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring the chronicles of podcast
1: hosted by tom and jamie
2: (laughs) like you can get 10 percent off man
1: that's right shaggy just use the special code the
0: chronicles at checkout oh
2: boy
0: i've said it once jamie westwood and i'm gonna say it again all right i might have said it quite a few times actually now greatest advert ever
1: absolutely can't disagree and now it's time for your
0: favorite segment of the week oh go on it's time for a very tanned Callum Treachings. <laughs> yeah, it is! Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's Treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. So, he came to you in a vest last week. Uh, you know, he, he had the guns on. It was literally the gun show. It was. It was the gun show sponsored by Callum's Treachings is what it was. Uh, the boy is back. He's back from Portugal. Uh and he's looking as tanned as fucking ever. (laughs) So shall we uh shall we give the women what they want?
1: Oh yeah, let's show them the tanned man. What is Callum treaching this week? At the age of 30, you spent a whole month having birthdays.
0: That's insane. But what about the 30 what about the 31 months? months? Oh my god, I I don't know what the 31 months are. What about the the months (laughs) with 31 days is what I meant to say.
1: That's a very good point. And also, what if it's February and you've had 28 birthdays and you've completed that month, or 29 if it's a leap year? Hmm. But it's so past, this, 30 is past that, so yeah. Yeah, no, but you, you could have, have had, completed it at 28, is what I mean. But, only mm, On your 28th yeah. birthday, you've done a month of birthdays. Yeah, true, but you've actually done every month by the
0: thirty-first. So it's th- technically, so when you're 31, you've done them all.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so,
0: you complete, yeah. It. But it makes a very good point still, though. It does make a very good point. I've never really thought of it like that. How many months have <laughs> 28 days, James? One. Incorrect. They all do. Oh, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's that riddle thing they there on, right on, I think it's a video, the, the, the dad that can't be beat with riddles. And she, like, she, de- she does all those riddle things on him, and he's like, it never gets beat. It's great. So remember that's that's what maybe that's what that's from. That's what that's from. She goes how many de- how many months have 10 days in and he goes, all of them. She's like, damn it. Because <laughs> obviously they do, don't they? <laughs> but that's it's a fool you because obviously February. Oh, oh I feel <laughs> fucking stupid, now. cheers. But yeah, it's uh I mean if you're a woman, you don't you celebrate your birthday like throughout the month? Yeah, so birthday technically, month, They've yeah. Had, they've had years of birthdays <laughs> rather than <laughs>
1: <laughs> birthday
0: it's weekend. Kara's is coming up, and she's like, "Oh, but we got, we got it's my birthday weekend. So what we doing that for?" It's like because it's not your birthday. The Sunday is.
1: I get that. Oh yeah, it's like yeah,
0: it's like there's a there's a rugby game on at Rodney Parade over the road. My teamer coming down from Scotland to play at Rodney Parade on the twenty first, the day before, and I was like, "I'm going to the rugby." She went, "What do you mean?" I was like, well, it's the Edinburgh playing. Of course, I'm going to go and watch it. It's my birthday weekend no your birthday's a sunday yeah so no that doesn't that, that's not gonna fly i don't kick off and want a birthday week i i don't get it i don't understand that mentality
1: birthday I week co- why i completely get it becky's like we booked the week off for my birthday and we don't do anything like because it's my birthday week i'm like it's not fucking birthday it's birthday week jesus christ
0: hence why it's called a birthday not birthday. a birthday yes birthday yeah Bloody greedy um, people! Off your, off your piss with your fucking birth weeks and whatnot.
1: You got one Ridiculous. day to feel special. That's all you need.
0: Should we stop yeah. hating on our other hubs and move on? Probably. So go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, listeners. We do apologise massively. <laughs> Obviously, there's some pent up rage that's in there from nowhere. <laughs> we didn't know it was. We didn't know it was there. We didn't know it was there. <laughs> um, was there. Um... What else is Callum treating us? <laughs> As a kid, we get money for losing teeth. As an adult, we spend money when we lose teeth. So, <laughs> what an absolutely spot-on fucking thing to talk about this week. Motherfuckers. <laughs> it's so true. Mind you, do you know how much I spent to have my two teeth removed, Jamie Westwood? Go on. £905. £900 to have two teeth taken out. Fuck that. No way. What What do you get when you fucking lose teeth and you, your mum gives you... So, uh, sorry to all the kids.
1: Listen to this: the tooth fairy uh, yeah. gives
0: you a pound.
1: Yeah, a pound. If that, if that, yeah, it depends. Yeah. Whatever loose change mummy's got in her purse is basically what you get. So the the kid to adult teeth ratio is
0: very unbalanced in my opinion. So we get oh, fucked as adults. Everything costs money. Like, but yeah, nine hundred credit costs me to have my teeth taken out.
1: There's okay.
0: no NHS. There's no
1: NHS sentence available. None. So I was is like, I've got even if you're NHS, it probably still would have cost like eight hundred quid. Like it barely makes a fucking difference. Ridiculous. Fuck so, me, that's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, but it had to, it had to be. Do you, know what, do you know what a real kick in the teeth is? Hey. Yeah, is um, and I don't mind being being personal on here. Is I finally paid off a loan of four years in July. Like I, it, it was gone. It's done. It's over. And I was like, yes, has now been replaced by my teeth finance. Oh. Like, oh, Fuck, so. It's always the way in life, isn't it? I think, especially for the littler man or woman, you always get to that point where you're like, oh, my God, I'm finally going to hit that point where I can do this, this, and this. And another the month where that starts, it's like, cool, you got this
1: pay for now. You're like, what? Yep.
0: I've just spent four years clearing that shit and I've got a year of this. Are you oh. joking?
1: Ah, look at you up there kicking me while I'm down. Bastard. Uh, yeah. Absolutely
0: ridiculous. So, yeah, so I'm paying. on. I was, no way I was doing that in full. You must be joking. So they'd have to sell a kidney as well. Jesus Christ! But he, but he's absolutely spot on. He really is. God,
1: it's depressing, isn't it? I fucking hate it's being a... an animal. <laughs> be I, think the,
0: I think the only person where it would really fuck over is Benjamin Button.
1: That's a really good point.
0: That is a very good point. <laughs> Do you reckon that's happened? That must have happened. Not where? The fuck! Did they get the idea for that story from? Because it's a bit weird. Yeah, odd film. Odd film. Um, yeah, because Benjamin Button obviously was old first, so technically, I mean, technically, he was obviously he had a kid brain, but he was an adult, he was an old man. So, why did he do the finger thing? (laughs) It helps me picture it in my head. I don't know what strikes me massively. Um, (laughs) so yeah, that I think that's the only would be the only in an alternate reality where that technically doesn't work, but obviously it would do, because that's a made-up story, you know. I always try, I don't know why I always did, but I always like, come on, Callum, what tree- let me see how I can find flaw in this. <laughs> you must have to outreach the treacher. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Every fucking si- I mean, I wouldn't want to outreach him regardless of the fucking size of him. Even if he was completely wrong, I'd agree, because he's scary. He's not. He's actually <laughs> he the biggest cuddliest human he's <laughs> <the> <laughs> biggest teddy bear in the world. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's nuts. It's really nuts how, like, literally being a kid. But that's the problem, and I'm going to get really fucking old on you now as well, is that they they always say youth is way something young, and they're so right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fucking is. It's disgusting,
1: isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. My kids moan about things, and I'm like, you little bastards don't know how lucky you've got it. Like, I would fucking love to be in this situation right now. <laughs> Oh, school. Oh, no. You have to work for eight hours.
0: you all your friends for six and a bit hours or seven, whatever it is. Oh, shame. Oh, you
1: got to learn a bit of maths. Poor you. Fucking... Okay.
0: Anyway, let's be on before we start getting <laughs> really cynical and old okay. in our age.
1: And finally,
0: Jamie, what is Callum treating us? Lizzie. he a no real way for men to dress smart and be comfortable when it's really hot outside. Oh, It's a fucking lootly. It's awful, and obviously, I got this new job coming up next week, and I'm like, I was like, oh, so what's the dress code? Because I always go in shorts and a hoodie. Yeah. So, and it's like, oh, it's business casual. I was like, what the fuck's that? I hate like, that. So it's like a smart shirt or jumper and jeans.
1: Yeah.
0: No. It's no like, fuck. <sighs> so I've got a really cool, nice little like Iron Man jacket-y blazer thing. It's not actually got Iron Man on it. It's like a Tony Stark like sort oh, of he's yeah, yeah, yeah. where he wears like a jacket with a t-shirt and he sort of thing it's yes. like one of those jackets it's like it's very professional but it, it'll be just, it, i won't look like a twat basically or boil to death the only problem i've got is i can't see can't wear a hat that is true you've
1: gonna have to have the, the head on show i've always
0: worn a hat so it's just like damn it
1: you'll be okay don't worry embrace the head you'll be fine
0: but wearing a suit in the summer is the worst thing ever. It's like weddings obviously suck in the summer. They're obviously amazing because the weather's incredible and you can have what you
1: want. But it just boils to death. Yeah. it's the But at the same time, you don't want to get married in the winter because you can't have your nice outside photos. It's it's it's, it's bullshit. That's what it is. It's a pain in the arse. <laughs> your weather. your Your weather. Your wedding. The weather was
0: decent, I think, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Pretty we much. actually hit it quite lucky. It was warm and dry, but it wasn't like sweltering warm. It was it we had we made yeah. a nice mid-ground. Global
0: warming hadn't actually taken full, full hold until like recently. So obviously you yeah. were
1: I don't like... know what the fuck is going on with this weather at the minute. Sunshine, rain, sunshine, rain, sunshine, rain. Make a make a decision.
0: Yeah, it's just nuts. Um so yeah, so I'm not so he's spot on, I'm not looking forward to uh on a train full of people. Uh and obviously it's meant to be like delicious next weekend as well. So it's gonna be a very hot day, I think. And it's uh yeah, so we shall see. We shall see. I, I always try and push it as far as I can and I wear like I wear like shorts or um or I wear a hoodie or a hat or if and then until anyone says anything I'll just crack on. Because I was meant to do it for my job I had recently and I never did. I always <laughs> rocked up like this and no one said a word. So I was like cool. I'll just keep going, um, but yeah, Callum, thank you so much again for some unbelievable treats We absolutely love it, and yeah, I always then right. go for fuck's sake because now I have to follow it. Yeah, you do. It's time for Tom's journal. All beat to me. And welcome to another edition of Tom's journal. So. This woman's texting her husband. Uh, a couple of questions, love. Do you know how many are coming to dinner? Um, are any of them vegetarian? And what time are they coming? Husband, six. Wife, what? Six people or six PM or what's going on? Husband, no.
1: <laughs> I mean, we are men, so we feel like we should defend our our, our gender here, but it's kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. it which is all sorts of like, huh? <laughs> what do you mean? It'd be funny if it was six people are coming, all six of them are vegetarians and they're coming at six o'clock. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That's got to happen somewhere in the world. <laughs> yeah.
0: Son. Dad, dad, dad. Dad, I can't sleep. Um, I think the bougie man's under my bed. Dad. Wait, don't you mean the boogeyman? man? Voice the bed. Wow. The thread count on these sheets is pathetic. Oh, I fucking love that.
1: <laughs> and I loved your bougie voice. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Appreciate
0: that. Uh, this is from the latest Star Trek film. Uh, Data, why are these Earth cars shooting laser beams in space, and how come the drivers don't need spacesuits? Uh, readings indicators is a movie set, sir. They're filming The Fast and the Furious Part 2589. Who needs oxygen when you have family?
2: Oh, oh. so nice. good. Oh,
1: I can quite happily say I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. I feel like I should. I've never seen one either, and
0: I never intended. My mum keeps telling me I shouldn't. I'm like, no thanks. She goes, but they're mental. I'm like, but no thanks. I'm good. I quite like to keep those hours of my life, actually. Thank you. Um, I don't want to waste them watching that shit. So, yes, yeah, I don't
1: know.
0: I can't decide if I want to watch them or not. Absolutely not. But the thing is, JC, that I will never have a welcome mat of my house because I'm not a liar.
1: <laughs> You're not welcome. Don't read the mat. <laughs> yeah,
0: fuck off. As far as I'm concerned.
1: Just, get a, just get a welcome mat and fuck off, with huge letters on it. That'd That'll be amazing. <laughs> That'll get the message across quite clearly. <laughs> so I was having a
0: conversation with a zookeeper, right? And I was like, I said to the zookeeper, so birds have butt vaginas. <laughs> and the zookeeper went, no, that's not true. They have uh, cloacas that. So me, but did they shit out of it? Zookeeper, well, yeah, of course they do. And did they give birth out of it as well? Yeah, yes. But please, sir, there are kids pulling out a megaphone. Butt vagina. <laughs> butt vagina.
1: What's more beautiful? What was m- amazing? Is right? I didn't know that. That was amazing. To- that was a great piece of information to discover as well.
0: There you go. It's one of those things that we never <laughs>
1: think about. So <laughs> that's
0: hilarious. Okay. So, little rule for you here: don't join in. Okay. Okay, because otherwise you'll miss what's said. All right. Okay. To the tune of Destiny's Child, say my name. Spell my name, spell my name. It's right there in the email. It's not a hidden detail. The spelling doesn't change. Do you know how many people I've seen that have like really
1: fucked up people's names, even though they're right there in the in the fucking emails? Oh yeah, I've I've luckily never had it. I've done quite well with my name at work, but the amount of times I've seen Becky get an email and have spelled her name completely wrong, I think Bessie is still my favorite one. B double C Y, like that's not a name. I've been why? called Tim. Yes, you have been called Tim. Yes,
0: on more than one occasion.
1: <laughs> All one <laughs> <the> same person. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if if you will give me the wrong name, I will reply in the wrong name. <laughs> because why the fuck not? I might fancy being Tim for a while. That's what I think. you know is. You might as well go with it. Fuck it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but I just thought that was great. I saw that nice little rendition, a nice little
0: song for you there.
1: And I enjoyed the singing, yes, and it killed me not to sing along because it's one of those songs you just have to sing along to.
0: Well, you sing along to everything that I sing to, so I just wanted to make sure that... uh... Yeah,
1: I can't deny that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. so... Um, Sometimes, Jamie, I wonder what happens to the
1: people who ask me for directions. Now, is that because your directions are not reliable or because you like to give them the wrong directions for fun? I'm always... It's one of those things, right, where... Because yeah. you get put on the spot a
0: little bit. I just go, fuck, was it again? Even though you've been there 15,000 times, your brain just goes, no, nope, you're on your own here. And you go, "Ah, oh, it's down the left towards the <laughs> building. You then take a left at the road and you just go you just forget everything about directions that have ever happened and the place you live in for the past 20 years ever
1: thank god fucking navs came in and google maps and shit it's always as well a driver asks you like do you know how to get here i'm like i don't drive i don't know the roads i know how to get what i'm doing you're lucky if i know how to get where you're going and if i do know the wrong directions like you say i always doubt myself so i will say i think so I feel like I've covered myself if I say I think afterwards. I, I love that. Whoa. Oh, it's bloody do it, do Right down here,
0: left. You are going on Swanton Lane. You're right up Colon Avenue, and then you go, I think.
1: And then go, oh, thanks. I just wasted 10 minutes of my life. Thanks for that. I'm think i pretty sure that's where it is anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, take it.
0: Just be fucking confident as us and go, and if it's not, fuck you. Yeah. See you later. Enjoy
1: your, enjoy your life. And if it's not, you should have just found out for yourself before you left the house today, shouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah. Print them directions. Off yeah. Isn't Print it amazing? Those directions. Fucking hell. Sorry. <laughs> Isn't
0: it amazing how a colon can completely change the meaning of a sentence? Yes, for is. example, Jane ate her friend's sandwich. Yeah, or Jane ate her friend's colon. <laughs>
1: that was like scary i thought i knew where it was going I was like if it doesn't go I'm gonna be a little bit disappointed I'll be honest pretty <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm gonna give you a couple more because I, I don't wanna I've been going for a while now so I want to make sure I'll, be, I'll give you a few more
1: Oh, this one's man.
0: one of my favorite journal entries. You know when I keep telling you how I always find journal entries, but they're always like weeks away. Oh, this yeah. is one of my this is one of my new favourites. Sunny Delight tastes like someone made a bet that they can make orange juice without oranges.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never been able to describe the taste of Sunny Delight because it fucking ain't the flavour it says on the bottle. <laughs>
0: It's, weren't there reports and stories that people were turning orange because they drank too much of it? I don't remember that one. Oh, I swear I've heard some stories that people were turning orange
1: because they drank way too much Sunny D. I remember reports back in the day that there was horse semen in it. I remember that one. What? <laughs> I, 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 I was in senior school at the time. It was one of those ones where ah. everyone just said anything to try and get a reaction. it almost got thing. around the school. Yeah, yeah. I remember that rumour going around that Sunny Delight had horse semen in it. I was like... Same with flumps, apparently. I remember that one as well. Um, yeah, what, I don't what the know. hell is what's a flump? Flump is like a marshmallow, sweet. Is that a Birmingham thing? No, they're pretty popular. It's like bassets. Don't want
0: to be doing this. <laughs> I don't eat marshmallows. I don't like marshmallows. Yeah, so no.
1: true. But wasn't what well, didn't Sunny delight like, used to be named after cities? I feel like when it first came out in the nineties, it was like California and
0: possibly yeah, California's and California a State though. So. Oh. I, don't
1: can't I, I can't remember. I
0: can't remember now. One day, you lose your wallet.
1: It is then found by
0: a mob boss who figures out that you aren't in such a good place financially and takes pity on you. So they start anonymously sending cash, clothes and furniture to you in the mail. Eventually, the mob boss sends you a letter to state that they have bought you a house and it lists an address. What do you do? Someone responded. In this economy, thank them politely, pledge your loyalty, and join the mob.
1: Yeah, I'm with that one. Yeah, they're not going to get much fucking use out of me when they meet me. They'll realize that, so might as well try.
0: So, I'll tell you what we're going to do. <laughs> we'll go down the street. I'm going to kill. <laughs> we're going to kill all these people. You down with that? Yeah, whatever you want to do, mate. I'm happy. Whatever. <laughs> Is that all right with you? Like, are you sure that you want me to do it? Okay, like, it's that? I can't make decisions, you see, so you have to tell me what's going on. So what we're going to tell you, what we're going to do then, Jamie, is you're going to go down the street you're going to kill all these people, okay? And then I want you to send me a car. What car do you need? Is it a Honda? Is it a Fiat? Is it a Renault? What, what exact car? Do you show up the car? That's exactly how. They'd be like, do you know what, Jamie? let fucking get out of here. I can't be asked with you. <laughs> it's exactly like how we go. I should be
1: offended,
2: but it's so true. <laughs> I can't deny any of it.
0: Smitchy, if you're watching this right mm. now, close your ears. My son told me he'd he'd learnt that octopuses ah. can climb through small cracks, so he's scared to swim in the ocean because an octopus might climb on his butt. And now I'm too scared to swim in the ocean
1: too. <laughs> Smitchy's just like I'm never going on holiday ever again. I'm not leaving anywhere. I'm not even washing my hands. I'm not going anywhere near water ever again. <laughs>
0: I think they're fascinating, octopus. I I think they're absolutely fascinating. I can just, how that gigantic head can squeeze through the tiniest thing is is mental to me. It's mental to me.
1: They are fascinating. I remember Becky is besotted with them. I remember we went to an aquarium once and I must have gone around the rest of the entire thing, come back and she was still there watching the octopus. Absolutely fascinated by it. They are wonderful creatures. Sorry, Smitry.
0: though. Aliens have invaded. Earthlings, we have killed your leaders, destroyed your economy, and are here to take over your government. Humans, oh, thank fucking God for that. Aliens, wait, what?
1: (laughs) I mean, if last week's audience participation answers are anything to go by, then yeah, that is pretty much what will happen.
0: (laughs) And I'm going to end on a Jamie entry right here. Sometimes I blow my ice cream before I take a bite. I have no idea why. Brain, because food is every temperature. Also brain, no worry. Learn from soup. Know what to do.
1: Stop knowing me so well, bastard. (laughs) And that
0: was another edition of Jets Up Tom's journal. (laughs) You've never done that. I've never blown an ice cream ever. No,
1: I could be the only
0: one that's done that.
2: I've Silly like...
1: afterwards, I've done it, but
0: <laughs> well, I've always done that thing where I like I I <laughs> test how cold it is first, so I don't actually bite. I just put it in my mouth and then pull out and see how cold I go, and then go from there. Because I bite into ice cream, so but I don't ah, want to go cool. in. I don't want to go in, or oh, I do that thing where I put my top teeth and then blood break it off that way.
1: Sometimes you have to do that. I'll give that one. Sometimes you kinda have to, but oh can't can't no, I no, can't bite properly. Oh no, 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 no. Plus I just enjoy letting but, it melt on my tongue.
0: But then the taste of wood on my mouth makes me feel weird. So oh. when people give you wooden cutlery, I'm like, uh no, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't bite down. It
0: on that. Yeah. Anyway, um, if a bit weird there saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should uh while we well, we should bring that piece in. We should definitely oh, yeah. bring that piece in. So bring it in. Um before I introduce this, I just want to say a massive happy birthday uh for a few weeks ago Christopher. We do apologize that we didn't get this out on your actual birthday uh due to the medical issues I was having with my mouth. We had to cancel a few shows, so massive apologies. Uh but anyway. Welcome to the chronicles of Christopher Ward. Fades
1: in the summer. Christopher Ward is a singer-songwriter who has worked with some incredible artists like Diana Ross, The Backstreet Boys, Meredith Brooks but most famously for co-writing Alana Miles' smash hit Black Velvet. What an absolutely incredible song and that is just a tiny part of this man's career. He was also a host on Canadian version of MTV interviewing the likes of Paul McCartney. He's been friends and colleagues with Mike Myers And so much more. And you're also going to find out he also does an incredible impression of Ringo Starr.
0: Yes, (laughs) he does.
1: It's absolutely magnificent. This was a great interview,
0: um, which took some real planning uh, to get nailed down. So Chris, thank you so much for taking the time out of your insanely busy schedule to sit and chat to us. We absolutely loved it. I also want to massively apologise for the fact that obviously I could hardly speak um, but because it had taken us months of prep to get this nailed in, we didn't want to rearrange. So, Ooh. I do sound like an idiot, I do apologize massively. Um, I'm now back to full health, but um, hopefully, sometime down the line, we can do it all again. But this interview is magnificent, it, it's just so great. And the Austin Power stories and everything is just it, yeah. It, and he was just a true, funny as hell gentleman,
1: yeah. He really was incredible, incredible stories. So, Jamie, yes, sir.
0: Do you have any particular final words you'd like to add to this at all?
1: Just a massive thank you to Christopher Ward. It means the absolute world you came on and shared those incredible stories. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Please, everyone, enjoy this one. Ladies and gentlemen, here we
0: go. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: interviewing this week, it's Christopher ward Ladies and gentlemen, this week we bring you an incredibly talented man who has written songs not only for himself, but for huge musicians like Backstreet Boys, Hilary Duff, Diana Ross, Alanna Miles, including her huge smash hit Black Velvet, but most impressive in my eyes, he was part of Ming-T in Austin Powers. Absolutely (laughs) incredible. Today's guest in his career was also Canada's first ever VJ, an author and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the Chronicles of
2: Christopher Ward. (laughs) what an intro man really nice thank you great to be here guys it's a pleasure pleasure to have you here sir but I think
0: we should start off with the hard-hitting stuff more than anything else which was how was the last few years been for you how was your pandemic season
2: well I I got the New York Times cooking app and I mastered the cumin lime shrimp and that was really (laughs) about as much as any one man could hope to achieve in the course of um, three years of a pandemic I think no I, I walk my dog a lot um I actually actually did a lot uh I wrote a, a bunch of new songs and um and then recorded an album called same river twice so
1: Ooh.
2: I didn't just sit on my duff like everybody else is what I'm saying you know
1: <laughs> I still think the shrimp answer might be the greatest answer we've ever had to that question I'll be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> Well
2: it's true of course
1: it's a signature dish now every time there's a every time <laughs> a dinner, let's get the new york times cookbook out <laughs> so take us back sir take us to the days you were a young boy growing up in toronto what did young master ward want to be when he was growing up has it always been music for you or was it all start somewhere completely different
2: i wanted to be a psychiatrist um but that didn't pan out too well so um yeah, uh, I actually did go to college thinking that I would I would pursue that psychiatry, but um, yeah, I, I couldn't hack the math, so I, I became a songwriter instead. Now I was writing songs already when I was in college, and I met my first collaborator there, and um, so it kind of it was it was going strong pretty early on. That's amazing.
0: Why why psychiatry? What made you want to do psychiatry to begin with?
2: I you know I don't know I I mean it's a long time ago and clearly I abandoned the the direction there (laughs) but uh um although we could do a little analysis at the end of the session if it would help anybody in particular so (laughs) yeah uh I think I just thought it was a really noble profession to help people sort of unscramble their lives and you know there was a sort of quality of generosity I thought to something like that done well
1: Fair play. Fair play. It's amazing. But obviously you were saying you had already songwriting when you had thought about going to college, but you also got this big passion for music. You worked in the music industry in so many different ways. Where yeah. does that love of music come from? Is it come from your parents or just influences? Or whatever might you be? know, it's
2: funny. We don't really have any musicians in my family or anybody who kind of lived by their creative wits. It was, uh, I mean, I, I think it was, it was just like the British invasion, like everybody else my age, right? Um, you know, it was the Beatles, the Stones and the kinks and and everything thereafter. And um, I everything seemed possible then, you know, uh, in a way that it hadn't before. Because it was a whole cultural shift as well as just being a musical one. And it hit me and it hit me hard, and I never went back. It's, it's amazing how many people have influenced by the
1: Beatles, especially when you speak to people from across the pond, as they say. Yeah. The Beatles on Ed Sullivan just seems to be the answer for so many people.
2: Well, I spent a really large part of my high school years um, trying to perfect my Beatle accent. So, um, and then eventually I tried to learn to do each one individually. And that was, you know, that's when it really got serious. Like it started with Ringo. I like to sit in front of the telly and go bang, bang, you know. <laughs> and then it went to John, you know, the on behalf of the group and ourselves, I hope we pass the audition. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Nailed them. That was amazing. Like they were in the river. <laughs> God, is that you? Well, that was my misspent youth. So there you go. You, you guys have chronicled it.
1: Hey. <laughs> That's beautiful.
2: But your music career began
0: in the seventies uh, while you were attending university. Uh, you released Spark of Desire. Mm. Um, how do you find your writing process? Is it like lyrics first, music first? Or how do you normally write a song?
2: Well, it's kind of different every time, really, uh, Tom. It's, um, it's. I mean, it could start with a riff. It could start with a, a phrase that that sounds good to the ear um it could start with a theme there's kind of no one way to write songs but that's the beauty of it really so uh yeah i, I just get up and whatever whatever's working that day i follow it okay yeah
0: okay. um i really enjoyed the guitar solo in sweet rose um oh. and, the sa- and the saxophone solo in nightbirds really enjoyed those
2: oh yeah well that's um um of course uh, uh, michael brecker so of Ah. the famous Brecker Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, because I I hadn't heard that record for a long time. And then we did a Mm -hmm. remastering. And we and we, you know, did a digital transfer of it uh, for the streaming services. And it was, it's weird being confronted with your younger self, you know, because of course, all I can think of is, oh, I wouldn't do that again. Oh, I'd fix that. Oh, I'd change that. Oh, I'd rewrite that. You're just, you you immediately are just raking your young self over the coals for the mistakes that you made in your youth. Um, but every once in a while, I kind of go, you know, that doesn't sound bad. And that song you mentioned, Nightbirds, was one of the ones I went, that one kind of stands up. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a bit of an artifact. What do they call it now? Um, uh, yacht rock. <laughs> well it's kind of <laughs> I, I i guess that's a disparaging term i probably shouldn't use it on myself but yeah there's a little, <laughs> little bit of yachty by nature you know
1: Just <laughs> say that then when you're listening back to it, ready to the remaster let's see like halfway through this going do you know what actually i've changed my mind i'm not doing this anymore not,
2: young christopher yeah. you <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah you got to live with the past right
1: absolutely is that where you saw your career going then
2: originally was
1: writing and recording your own music?
2: Oh, very much so. For me, the priority was songwriting and, um, it wasn't, you know, touring or, or anything else really. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, I sort of went from being, a an, an artist, you know, songwriter artist, and then morphed more into being just a pure songwriter, cause that's where my passion is. So, yeah was it something that came naturally to you the songwriting, or did you study um I did not study composition that would be well beyond my capabilities um but I did I did in my own way sort of self-educate I analyzed everything I heard um in, in not 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 forensically like I wouldn't take apart the chord structure or anything but more just You know, I'd listen to some new song I heard and go, what is it that makes that song work? Why does it affect me? Why does it make the hairs on my arms stand up? And and then just try to chase down that sort of gut level understanding of of popular music until it just became an absolute obsession. And that was my life. You guys know. Wow. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely know. Yeah
1: when spark desire came out how was it received what sort of feedback did you get on the record did it do well
2: it did it did really well in Canada but that was I I don't even know if it was released in other territories to tell you the truth it's a long time ago it's like 1978 so it's vintage like me (laughs) you know (laughs) uh yeah it was really well received um I mean I had some incredible uh, benefits there because the the lineup of people pl- who played on that record was a lineup of like top session players of that era and uh, and I, I, yeah that, that that benefited the music tremendously because I was a neophyte as far as being a singer in a studio I didn't really know what I was doing so and maybe you can hear that I don't know. No, what do you mean? I don't, don't know what you're talking about there, Chris. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what,
1: what I love about your career as well is looking back on it, like so much of it is just like Canadian highlights. Like I was like looking at, because you met Alana Miles on the set, on an episode of Degrassi, which is like the most Canadian TV show ever. Is, is that correct?
2: Um, not exactly, no. I, I met her before then. Um I think we met at a party actually, (laughs) but we, we started dating, but really, um, more importantly, we started making music together. That was the thing that was, you know, that drove us as a, as a couple. And, um, yeah, it was a, it was a a good move. (laughs) It was a good career move. Um, and, uh, Degrassi, yeah, Degrassi, uh, it was funny because years later I did end up writing a whole bunch of music for Degrassi which was a lot of fun because of course you're right it's it, it's both a Canadian and worldwide institution in uh, young adult television uh, but Alana yeah she played uh, she had a role on one of the early 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 episodes she was playing I think a young mom single mom who played in a band that was her her role and I was in the band and I was credited as being Wild Bill Ward in the band. So,
1: right? Well, I did. I did. My dad's name was, was Bill, so
2: I did that for him. So,
0: that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: so, I don't think it could be under, understated, like how big the song "Black Velvet" got, though. Like it was top ten and a minimum uh, charts all across the world. Several awards. Mark, did you expect the song to be as popular as it was when you two were just sat there
2: working on it? No, you can't. You can't anticipate that kind of thing. It's a once in a lifetime phenomenon, for me as it is when you know for anybody who writes a song that becomes a sort of iconic pop song, you just thank your lucky stars and feel very blessed, you know, that that it made some kind of deeper connection with a lot of people. Um, I mean, we we felt good about it. I had mostly written it on my own and then brought it to uh, a session with uh, Alana and her producer, Dave Tyson. And um, she just jumped on it because she loves those kind of bluesy feels and she does them so well. And so she she you know, just just grabbed that song. And then we, we were still missing the bridge part of the song and Dave said, hey, have you got a bridge? I said, no, he said, do you mind if I write one? I went, no, go for it. And then the, essentially the song was done so
1: and it's a fantastic song like i've only got to read the name of the song and it will be stuck in my head like it's one of those <laughs> earworms to me it drives I'm, me mad.
2: can i monetize what's in what's in your head in any way
1: uh if i could do that then that'd be great so I'll, sure. I'll chuck you a couple of a couple of pennies on the side would you thank you that'd be, that'd be
2: <laughs> sporting of you yes
1: like i said like you said it was a phenomenal. it really hit like but at what point did you go like we've got something here something's like this song is really being received.
2: any anybody who tells you that they knew is probably a liar you know i mean i remember when the album first came out in canada it was it wasn't even the first single so it followed uh, a song called love is that's on the same album um I mean you you do get feedback from people that you trust and and friends and a lot of people gravitated towards that song when they first heard the album. And then once once you see it start climbing the charts it's like you know it's like your temperature slowly or slowly slowly rising you're just thinking could this <laughs> is it possible is there any like, oh my god you know and, and then when you know I mean, it literally, when it hit number one on Billboard, it was just like, this was one of my greatest dreams of all time. I know this sounds like really kind of cheesy to say it, but like Billboard magazine, man, that, that was it. That, that was the Bible of the music industry. And, and there's a book actually called The Billboard Book of Number One Hits. And uh, I, I used to use that book for research when I was working at the TV station. So that book meant a lot to me. And I loved how each song got a full page and got a story, you know, of the, the making of this one song. And I can remember the first thing I thought when it went number one is I'm like going, I'm going to have a page in the Billboard number one book of hits, you know. It was just, <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a thing, you know, when it's like something that you've wanted since you were a kid or whatever, and it's actually there in front of you, and you can't believe it. That's amazing.
1: I bet, you've got, I bet you framed it, didn't you? I put it up in the house, so like,
2: Yes! <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I framed
2: it. Yeah, yeah. It had to be framed. And you know it looks pretty good.
0: <laughs> I bet it does. I bet it looks unbelievable.
2: <laughs> but
0: you also did radio at university as well. Like were you trying to get involved in the music scene as much as possible by trying every avenue?
2: Um, I you know, I grew up in the era pre-video, so I was addicted to radio i mean i was the kid with the transistor radio under his pillow you know staying awake till three in the morning listening to you know new songs and that kind of thing and um, so when i went to college actually a a good friend of mine and i started a campus radio station so we got really involved in that and then um, the the local sort of 5000 watt radio station in peterborough ontario where my university was um Uh, hire me to do the all-night show so i was doing the all-night show and then ostensibly going to school during the day yeah you can probably imagine which part suffered the most but (laughs) yeah that (laughs) school it had to be done you know (laughs) yeah i'm
0: so proud (laughs) thank you
2: You guys, I'm sure at some point in your lives and careers made choices like that too, right? You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Stuff that your parents <laughs> want you to do is uh, gets left behind, you know. School. Yeah.
1: School when you got music and rock and roll, eh? That's all you need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, as we were talking about Black Velvet, is it the success of that song that led you to working with like all the amazing artists you went on to work with? Did it like open that door for you?
2: yeah if you have a hit song it's like in the eyes of others it's like you've got the keys to the kingdom or you've figured something out i mean which isn't true you just wrote one good song you know and then you, then it's your job to knuckle down and write some other good ones if you can um but it yeah people across the sort of musical spectrum of style really you know loved that song. And so when I would get together with them, it'd always be like, oh man, we got to write one of those. I'd go, well, yeah, but you can't really replicate something like that. It really is. It's a one-off and it wasn't, it wasn't really kind of in tune with the times that there weren't other songs like that around at that moment, you know, or, or maybe ever. I don't know. It's, I mean, what it is, is it's a blues song with an old fashioned, um, you know shuffle groove you know the run do, 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 do. I mean that's as old as the hills right and um and then it's got a chorus that has you know a little more melody and some chords and I'm not trying to you know devalue it but it's not typical of uh you know what what comes out on pop radio to say the least
1: but what made it stand out though to be fair
2: because it wasn't yeah. like yeah that's well those are the ones you remember right i mean especially so many years on you're thinking you know what was my favorite song of 1968 well maybe it was ode to billy joe by you know dusty springfield or something uh, or bobby gentry but um you know you realize well what i liked about it was that there was nothing else like that at the time so absolutely (laughs) yeah
1: The the process of being a songwriter has always fascinated me. I know I know we touched on the the actual songwriting earlier, what comes first on but the process of being a songwriter, like are you asked for a song by an art by the label for a certain artist, or does the artist request yourself, or is it something completely different and I'm like
2: a million miles off? No, you're right in in many ways. It's cause it's all of those things. If um you know, if an artist say loves Alana's vocal, they're going, they're going to say, well, I want to sing like that I want a song that will sort of, you know, give me the opportunity to show off my vocal prowess, you know, in that same musical vein. Somebody else may be more strategic on a business level, you know, maybe their manager goes well this guy wrote a number one Hey, we're going to put you with him, you know, or in the most extreme case, um, like I shared a uh, business manager with uh, Diana Ross. I never thinking that I would get a chance to work with her. And then he called me one day. He said, hey, do you want to work with Diana? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. And uh, he, he said, well, look, I'm going to try to set it up. I went, OK, so I, I went to the gym and, you know, and, and, and then my, my, my then wife called me up and said, um, Diana Ross just called and she wants you at her place in an hour. I'm like, what? So, oh. you know, yeah, I mean, and, I mean it, that you can't even you don't even dare dream that stuff like that could happen, and then it does, right?
1: It's, it's, just, what a, it's just not something you expect to get a call from the wife saying, "Is it?" But Diana Ross wants you to hear her house in an hour. Go, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, get your ass back here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't think about it. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes do you have much involvement in the process like after you've written it as far as making sure the artist performs it how you envisioned it or is it limply
2: ego uh again Jamie it's 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 every which way um in some cases like um I'm trying to think there was an artist named Meredith Brooks that I wrote with hmm. she had a big song called bitch and if i remember i had I had, well, I had a song on that record and uh they took the song that she and I wrote and transformed it into something completely different, like almost unrecognizably different, but it was really cool and really creative what they did. So I just go, well, okay, great. You took my song, you, you made something out of it. And then other times it's amazing how close the artist wants to hue to the original version or the demo version. They they will literally want to create a replica of what you did. And, and actually of, of all the artists, you wouldn't think this would be the case, but that's what happened with the Diana Ross thing. She cut a, a, we wrote a bunch of songs together, like five songs together. And she ended up recording a couple of them. And I can remember she was finished the recording of one of them. And then she was driving around in her car in, I don't know, somewhere in Florida or something and she was playing the demo for some reason, even after she'd recorded the song. And she realized that the demo was slightly different than her version. And she wanted to go back in the studio and, and recut her version so that it was exactly like the demo. And I'm thinking, all these demo singers, all they want to do is sound like Diana Ross. <laughs> <You know? laughs> really this, you want to do that? It's like, oh, okay, okay, great. But you, you see what I mean? It's like, pe- people respond in different ways.
0: Yes, is it quite a strange process in a way? Because obviously, the songs don't have much meaning to that person that you're writing them for. So, you know, if I a love song, or whatever, the way they deliver it, I hard, don't know how I'm trying to word it. But obviously, it's not going to have the same meaning to you as it does to them.
2: Well, I always kind of viewed my role in those situations as being a, like a facilitator to tr- sort of help, help the song along to help the artist okay. along. I mean, they have a voice like, and by that, I mean, not just a literal voice, but they have a point of view as an artist and a direction with what they do and who they are. And they, you know, they have fans and everything else so although they may want to do something new and you're like the new guy in town or something that's great but at the same time you got to sort of stay within the lines to some extent and try to give them something that is believable when they sing it Uh, so i mean in the case of the uh, keep coming back at the dinah ross stuff only because it proves a number of points that you're asking about um she was involved in the writing of those songs so she would basically sit down with me and we'd jam for a couple hours and she would you know say well i want to write a song that feels like this or that has this vibe about it or it thematically covers this that's happened in my life and you know it was it was pretty interesting <laughs> you know to be sitting there one-on-one with one of the greatest pop divas of all time telling you that she's you know breaking up with her husband and wants to write a song about it. i'm like uh sure yeah whatever you, want. <laughs> you know or- yeah here hang on a sec <laughs> you know are you, are
0: you sure you want me in this one uh are you sure do you, know, you want to do this by yourself or no okay okay i'm in i'm in
2: <laughs> oh no i wasn't giving up my spot at the table for sure
0: <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say yeah. as,
2: as a songwriter do you prefer that though do you prefer
1: to work with the artist or do you prefer oh, yeah.
2: Well, well, strategically, Jamie, if, it, if, if for no other reason, you have a much better chance of getting your song on the record if the artist co-writes it, for various reasons that I'll leave you to figure out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll rephrase it. Creatively, do you prefer working with the artist? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, if it's some, if it, I mean, if they know what they want, in particular, Yes if they have some sense of, of what it is they want to express it, it, what, What's great actually is like, if you're working with an artist and they have, uh, a story that they want to tell, like with the Meredith song, um, it's called, I watched you fall. And it was, she told me this incredible story of her, a bunch of friends of hers and they were just party animals. Right. And she said, and one by one, they kind of straightened out, grew up, moved on, you know, maybe got married and just their lives became, you know, more typical of a mature person. But there was one of these, uh, of the women in the group who just couldn't give up the ghost. She was just out there slamming nightly. And um, Meredith said, and it was really poignant. She said, you know, I just waited because I I just kept expecting that phone call that, you know, that she was going to OD or something like that because of how, you know, how sort of lost she was as a human being. And I thought, man, like if somebody gives you that, you got a song easily, you know? Yeah. And she did. So that was great. I suppose like it must work differently as well, because like you're saying there you
1: are and you sat there with Diana Ross, but we were saying earlier how you wrote songs for the Backstreet Boys, and there's like five or six of them. So <laughs> I suppose, <laughs> at least, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't remember them. I think I can remember one of them's name. <laughs>
2: Well, I, I never did. I never, I never met. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I did work with uh, uh, what's his name? Carter. Sorry. Nick. Oops. Nick. Nick. Yeah, I, I did work with Nick Carter. And actually, he was terrific to work with. He was a really, really uh, hardworking uh, participant in the, in the whole process. But the Backstreet Cut came, um, the guy I wrote it with, Rob Wells, uh, was producing a track for them and presented our song and they loved it and wanted to record it so I had nothing to do with that one you know going the distance yeah but you know it's funny I, I was kind of cynical about it I was like oh yeah boy bands man. yeah well, you know <laughs> like what do I care you know boy bands huh? I spit them on your boy band you know um, <laughs> no, not literally um, and, uh, didn't want to you yeah. <laughs> and uh and then I heard it, and it was just like, holy shit. It sounded so good. I mean, those guys just sang their butts off. It was, you know, y- y- sometimes you just got to be humbled a little bit and reminded that you don't know everything.
0: <laughs> Everyone loves a boy band song. Everyone loves a boy band song, right? Like, NSYNC. I can't, I, you know, every now and again, I'll go, oh, I'll put that me- the, the heavy metal down. Give me some NSYNC, that'd be wonderful.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And if I believe that, you've got a bridge to sell me, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But there's a reason that boy bands were so bloody popular. You know, the music, it starts with the music at the end of the day. The music must have been good. I just don't think we were the right audience for it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you know, um, I mean, Max Martin, of course, was the king. Uh, still is of writing songs for boy bands and they they did a musical recently uh called and juliet that was all 100% based on songs that he had written many of them for the boy bands and you know you're reminded when you hear those songs one after the other that they are so sturdy that they are really well built songs right from the ground up like rhythmically they're incredibly strong melodically they're really memorable um chord structure wise they're interesting to listen to repeatedly you know like like you say there's a reason why that stuff is successful absolutely there really is
1: when you look back at like the artists you've worked with over the years other than black velvet obviously are there any other particular songs that stand out to you that you're like really proud of
2: yeah, I think if there was one to choose from that category, I would pick a song recorded by a Canadian artist named Amanda Marshall. And it's a song called Beautiful Goodbye, um, that Dave Tyson, Atlanta's producer, who produced Amanda's record as well, he and I wrote. And uh, I, I still love the, that song to this day, and I'm really proud of it. And she just sang the daylights out of that thing. So if you if you go back and listen to it, I don't know if you know the song at all, but... If you give it a listen, listen all the way through because there's a moment that she hits vocally towards the end of the song that it will just like make every hair stand up. It's pretty amazing. Oh wow! We'll
0: definitely yeah. check that out now. Yeah, I haven't heard that, so I'm all over that. Um, so you broke ground by becoming Canada's first VJ.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I I used to love music video channels back in the day, but you also interviewed people too, right? What was your favorite interviews to do? Did like Bon Jovi, uh, Mike Myers, Paul McCartney, etc.
2: Um, yeah, there's so many. I mean, I interviewed Leonard Cohen, Whitney Houston, oh Janet Jackson, you know, George Harrison, uh, uh, yeah, Joey Ramone. I mean, just I did all of these people, and uh, they were they were good for different reasons I mean I talked to Kate Bush which is like unheard of she hardly does any interviews as you know and yeah. Peter Gabriel and people like that oh. I think the George Harrison one was probably the most amazing for me because <clears throat> it was a live interview we weren't able to announce in advance that he was coming down to the station for security reasons and then he just, we literally just, the camera came up and I'm sitting there, I'm going, well, we have a little surprise for you, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome George Harrison to Much Music. And it's like, and I just remember that thump in my chest and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm interviewing one of the Beatles, holy shit. Mm. You know, it was just that, okay, I've been preparing for this interview for the last, you know, 33 years or whatever. And, and now I, now <laughs> it's time to, put up or shut up right and uh he was so gracious and forthcoming and you figure somebody like that you think oh they've seen it all they they've heard every question they've been asked everything he was incredibly patient and he listened really thoroughly to what I would ask and and you could tell that he was really thinking about his answers because so many artists when they've been down that route route as much as they have um you know they just hit a pat response they just give you the you know, the same answer that they gave the last 10 people. But uh, that was a really special moment for sure.
1: But back in your head, you're like, don't do your Ringo Starr impression. Don't do your Ringo Starr. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Better, don't do your George Harrison.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the same when you met Paul McCartney, like, shit, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. (laughs) I I, I managed to control myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good man but I mean is it quite weird then being with us because obviously you're an interviewer as well so like we're interviewing you so you must have heard everything that we've already asked you so far
2: no not really I mean I try would try to treat you know what we're doing is kind of like what I did is that only it was just the chairs are reversed I mean it's it's a conversation and we, well, yeah, yeah. we have to bring the same skills to the to the room which is the ability to communicate our thoughts and and make a connection with someone like to make a connection with your audience I mean obviously I have to go through you guys so um yeah I think it's I think it's kind of two versions of the same thing
1: how did you get involved in that work
2: with ending up
1: on TV and much music because when I was doing my research, so many people were like, oh, I remember him for much music. So it was clearly a very popular channel.
2: Yeah, well, it was Canada's MTV, really. Um, and it started sort of three years after MTV had started. Um, I got the gig because the guy who became the program director, I'd known him for years, he came down and saw my last show with the Second City Touring Company, which is, are you familiar with them? Second City, yeah. yeah canadian but it's um yeah second city is a very famous comedy tradition in north america and um yeah so he he just asked me to come to come to his office on monday and said you know i think i think i have something for you it's like oh okay and then he then he offered me this all night video show which was kind of like the warm-up for much music so it was, it's like anything else you often find if you go back and look at how it really happened, you kind of backdoor your way into things, right?
1: This yeah. just, well,
2: you were good there. Let's,
1: let's move, you, move you forward. Let's go into much music now.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was really lucky. I mean, it's, you know, so many times you, you just have to be in the right place at the right time. I mean, I think a lot of people could have done what I, what I did on Much Music. It's not like I have some absolutely, utterly unique skill set that made me the only guy who could do that gig. Sure, a lot of people could do it, but I just happened to be the lucky one who was in the right spot when the opening came up, right?
0: They say all about who you know, don't they? Uh,
2: yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Or how you perform in the moment. Words, like opportunities not- will come i, I mean I, when people ask me "You know, well you know how do i get started in this or that i always say you know what believe that opportunity will come to you the most important thing is just be ready yeah so i will not agree more yeah but one thing I, I wanted to talk to you
1: about because i think everyone around my age is a huge fan of the wonderful mike myers and you've had a great working relationship with mike over the years how did you meet Mike?
2: Well, we were in that same uh, Second City Touring Company together. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we, we became friends in the workshop. They, they have a workshop program as well. And, and he and I were both in it at the same time. We became friends and we just started hanging out. And I think, um, yeah, we, we both got picked to be in the touring company. Which meant driving all over Southern Ontario in a van when the ice and sleet were flying. Um, and uh, yeah. And uh, you know, we were in the back uh, listening to the Clash together. So
1: <laughs> I saw a music video of a song of yours called Boys and Girls, and Mike did like a really early version of Wayne Campbell in that. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs>
2: Well, actually, you know, if you want to look up some interesting stuff, if you're a Mike fan, um, that All Night Show that I mentioned, that I got hired for, which which I sort of left this part out, but it got morphed into Much Music after like eight months later, once they got the you know the broadcast license and all the technical stuff together. Um, and when I was doing the All Night Show, Mike would come down as Wayne, and it was actually the first time that he had done Wayne on television, like well before Saturday Night Live. And a bunch of that stuff is available on YouTube. So, you know, go check it out. If you're, if you're curious, I mean, he's, he's as funny then as he is, he is today. He's just an enormous talent. And um, yeah, I mean, and he's also like incredibly kind and loyal. I mean, he, he, you know, got me to come in and be in the band Ming T for the Austin Powers movies. (laughs) And, you know, that was so much
0: fun yeah i can't even to imagine how great that must have been you know daddy wasn't there bbc bbc is a huge song love that one um <laughs> and blue blue jumpsuits as well like um did you write the songs together
2: um you know um, it's mostly mike he's very musical he he pretty much wrote it and then on the in the case of bbc you know he gave us all credits on it, but we didn't do a lot. He and Matthew Sweet did together, write Daddy wasn't there. So yeah. Better going to go say the iconic films. Good.
1: Daddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that will happen. Yes. We, we had a chance. We played the, uh, um, BBC on stage uh, a couple of years ago. It was, um, yeah. Neil Finn was touring. Neil Finn from Crowded House fame and Mike had tickets to the show and asked me if I wanted to go with him I said yeah sure and he said yeah and Neil asked me if I'd get up and do a song I said oh that's great man he said but I have no idea what I'm gonna do I said oh you'll you'll think of something he said well I I kind of thought of something I was thinking maybe to do BBC I said oh that's perfect and he said well but I'm not gonna do it unless you get up on stage with me I'm like oh Oh. it had been a lot of years since i'd strapped on an electric guitar to say the least and um so you know i had to teach the band right so here i am teaching neil finn how to play you know with this three chord special misses you know and uh it was it was an, an unbelievable one of those moments too where it's just an unbelievable feeling you're sitting there and you're you're looking across the stage at Neil Finn. You're thinking this guy is a songwriting hero of mine and I'm teaching him how to play PPC. <laughs> it's like, okay, carry on.
1: incredible incredible. You actually do some live shows as Ming T like before Austin Palace died.
2: We did. We, we played, um, the Viper room. It's a famous, uh, Hollywood club, uh, I think that's the one, is it River Phoenix who died outside the door of the Viper Room? Um, We played at a a comedy uh, club called the Groundlings Theatre, and that's where a lot of great comedians got their start. And what Mike would do is he would perform as Austin and kind of, it it was like he was trying ideas out on stage, interacting with the audience and with us in the band and so on. So we, we did a couple of gigs for that.
0: Iconic. I love it. Absolutely. It's such an iconic, well, set of films. Just all three of them are fucking fantastic.
1: Yeah. I was reading somewhere as well recently, I didn't realise this, that Susanna Hoffs from The Bangles was in ming Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I, didn't, I never clicked on before, because obviously all the costumes I never noticed.
2: Well, yes, yeah, she, she she plays the part of Gillian Shagwell. <laughs> ah. And if you look at those videos, I mean there's you know, the videos of BBC and uh Daddy wasn't there, you 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 can tell it's her.
1: Yeah. You can't know. Yeah. What was your name in the band?
2: Trevor Eggbirth. It's <laughs> A I G B E R T H, I believe was the spelling of Eggbirth. <laughs> Incredible. (laughs) I remember the other names now. The drummer was Manny Stixman. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Oh, and uh, Matthew was Sid Belvedere. I love that. Oh,
0: that's a great name. Yeah, isn't it? I want to be called that now.
2: Well, it's probably still available. I'll have to have a look.
1: Is there ever any plans to bring Ming T back for the sequels at all?
2: Well, we were in the first one, uh, that's where we did BBC, and we were in the third one, that's where we did Daddy Wasn't There.
1: it Wasn't There, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Getting things mixed up in my own head there, it's been a while since I've watched
2: them. Well, exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Obviously, I did want to touch on the fact that you're also an author. You've written a book all about your time at Much Music, and a few fiction
2: books as well. What made you want to step into the world of writing? Well, I mean, if you're a songwriter, you're a writer, it's there are similar sort of, you know, things being utilized in your skill set, I just probably had the you know, ideas and wanted to get them out just like anything else. Um, In the case of the book about much, it's called Is This Live? And it's, uh, it's about a really interesting time, in particular, if you're Canadian, um, in Canadian broadcast history. And because it was really free form, it was seat of the pants television, it was completely live. Um, the artists loved it. And, you know, there was nothing scripted or prepared. It was just wild the way that 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 station ran in those days. And, you know, things from those days are living on YouTube, like everything else. But there, yes, I think things are getting lost. And I, I felt like it should be chronicled. And that's probably why I took the time to write the book. And um, it was also a chance for me to get back together with all the people that I worked with back in those days. And so we would get together like in a bar or a cafe or somebody's backyard. And you know, I just plunk my phone down on the table and switch on record and we'd talk for a couple hours. And then I'd go back and transcribe it. And then over a period of a couple of years, <clears throat> I just amalgamated it all into a semi coherent storyline but uh it it's interesting because that um book has been optioned for a scripted comedy series Ooh! wow uh-huh yeah i never saw that coming you know i mean i i knew that what we were doing was wacky but i never saw it as being the raw material for um you know an actual television show and that's all i can tell you about that because it's still in the in in the usual oh. stages of development you know <laughs> NDAs.
0: <laughs> so intrigued. Uh, be, uh, yeah, I that was kind of kind like
2: of. a my Motorhead kind of gesture on your part. Was it a Lemmy thing you were doing there?
1: Was, no, it was just
2: I just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I, that kind of look. Just <laughs> my angry face. <laughs> I had Lemmy and uh, Filthy Phil came on my show once because I, I, I we had a metal show and which I never hosted, but the host was sick and they asked me to do it. i went, not nah, sure they said oh and by the way you have co-hosts today and I went oh great it's Lemmy from Motorhead and Filthy oh. Phil I went okay great cool. so they each came in with a 26 er of I mean in Lemmy's case I think it was Jack Daniels is that what he drinks it's, yeah and I think Phil yeah. was drinking gin if I recall and the interview just completely collapsed over the course of an hour. It just became like indecipherably nutty. And then at the end, we were giving away a life-size poster for their latest uh, um, album, which I think was called, I think the album was called something like Eat the Rich or something like that. So um, we were pre- I'm presenting and I'm holding it up for the camera and they, they come around, and they, both of them started eating the poster at this. <laughs> <laughs> again I think you might be able to find that on online somewhere but that was that was one of my favorite moments on much a little different than the George Harrison moment but <laughs> good never yeah, a little yin and yang right
1: did you have like journals or anything from back then to help you remember all these things for the book or was it literally just like you say sat there with your friends and just reminiscing
2: yeah <clears throat> did we just reminisce and and uh, recorded it all um I mean I wasn't obsessed with telling the truth sometimes you print the legend as the expression goes but i tried to get it right while people's memories were still functioning including mine and because you know it's been a lot of years now right from the i mean it started in 1984 so a a few a little bit of water under the bridge since then but (laughs) i found that sometimes the stories would be um, corroborated by someone else. Hmm. And then other times, it would be completely divergent. And I would think, okay, which one of these ABCDE, which one do I pick and go with, you know, Um, but I think I think we got most of it right. And it was such a great time. So I'm glad that I did it.
1: I can imagine like they reminded you of a lot of stuff you'd forgotten probably as well. Yeah,
2: definitely. Things I was too embarrassed to remember. So (laughs) I'm sure so what were the fiction books Hmm. I wrote a couple of kids books for my daughter we we had moved to Paris and this was in uh 2001 and I was reading her all these books that were the the heroes were male and I thought we we need one where the girl is like an adventure story with a girl as the hero. So I wrote a book called Mac in the City of Light. It's named after her, and her her middle, middle name is Mackenzie. And uh, it was just a fun fun thing to do. It, you know, no no big aspirations for grand success or anything in the literary world. No, no nobody's worried about me coming up from behind and taking their place. <laughs>
1: Hey, you had that billboard number one, New York Times bestsellers next. Come on. (laughs) Okay, Lemmy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be conscious now every time I do that. (laughs) We did want to, of course, we do need to mention as well, you mentioned it at the start, a couple of years ago, you released your second album, Same River Twice. What made Mm. you want to release a second album so many years after doing the first one?
2: Well, there were a couple of others in between, but they were many, many years ago as well. Um, I guess I'm an egomaniac. I don't know. I mean, it was just, why not, you know? I mean, I'm I'm a songwriter. I I, I think there's something maybe interesting for some people in hearing how a song was born. And I do a version of Black Velvet on there, which, I mean, you know, I'm never going to be able to sing like Alana did, did it? But... It maybe has some insights for the listener as to uh, what the vibe of the song was and where it came from and, and that. So it was just really fun to do. I hadn't recorded for decades and I just had a blast. So why not, right? I'll argue that logic. Has Alana heard your version? Yeah, oh yeah. No, we're still friends.
1: That's amazing
2: she's like mine is better haha <laughs> <laughs> she, she did you know it's funny that's actually about her speed humor wise too yeah to, to go eh, 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 eh. she she did say something man i'm sorry i can't remember what it was but she she did give me some wacky reply yeah but yeah she liked it she was happy i meant to ask this
1: earlier when we were originally talking about a song sorry but what was did i read some of the black velvets about elvis
2: yeah it is i was sent on an assignment by much music to go to memphis tennessee it was the 10th anniversary of elvis's death and so we got on board a greyhound bus from toronto to memphis with 40 elvis fanatics and a cameraman and documented this whole scene at you know graceland and all that stuff and you know I had a lot of time on my hands, both on the bus and then when we got to Memphis. And I'm always making notes anyway and then using them later in songs. So there was a, a song's worth of notes and that's really kind of where it began. The Just the key for me, the key line to the song is, is in the chorus where it says a new religion that'll bring you to your knees. And that was referring to rock and roll as being the new religion. That's
1: awesome, I like that. I like that a lot. And-
2: Do you ever have moments where
0: you think of uh, songs in your head, but you're like in the shower or going to sleep or something, you have to record it really, really quickly in the phone or write it down?
2: Yeah, I definitely and I do. Well, now I put it on my phone. But you know, I used to carry one of those little portable recorders. I mean, isn't that how Keith Richards wrote uh, Satisfaction was he woke up in the middle of the night, fortunately had a guitar and a little recorder beside his bed, you know, recorded the burn down, burn down, right? Sang the first line, shut the machine off, went back to sleep, and promptly forgot the whole thing. But fortunately, oh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, might, imagine always be vocal, prepared.
1: Rewound it and recorded over it like you didn't realize. <laughs>
2: <laughs> History would have been changed for sure.
1: Oh, I'd be mental. Um,
0: you became a judge in 2008 for a show called The Next Star. How did that
2: come about? I thought you knew something I didn't know. I became a judge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, where are my robes? <laughs> yes. Sorry, it's my teeth. I hereby find that this show is redundant. Yes. Uh judge. I became a judge, yes, on uh it was a kids show. Star. Yeah. yeah. Called The Next Star. <laughs> it was pretty funny cuz it was sort of like American Idol, but for juniors, right? Okay. So you don't, you don't slam them like they do on American Idol. And, and, and no, you gotta you gotta be nice when they're like seven and they're standing there just looking at you like you're God, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> little Susie, that was dreadful. <laughs> I love what you did. That was fantastic. You're amazing. And they're like, oh, me, you know? <laughs> It was it was sweet. It was I I really had a I thought oh reality TV but I had a really good time doing that show. Oh, I'm, I'd love it if we just went shit get out. <laughs> no. I mean we found ways to dismiss those who deserve to be but <laughs> we, were, we were a little more kind, shall we say, than that, right? And okay. <laughs> yeah. their audition and just shoved them off the stage. Like,
1: get out of here. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, you, have you guys ever had a chance to just like eject somebody from the, uh, guest seat on, on this show where they no, deserve actually it? have we, All
1: right. or no. has anybody
2: ejected themselves like that happened? I remember it much. Did it yeah. Chris Isaac was so unhappy. He just got up and left. <laughs> Why? Yeah. I... That's lost in the mists of time, Tom, but. It happened.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. Was it, was it uh, oh, well, never mind. It's just crack on.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't there. I was just, I, I knew about it, so. okay. Well, it, yeah. well, luckily, we've me. never had it. So
0: yeah. Yeah, we've, we've managed to do, I think we've done all right. So touch wood so far.
2: Yeah, we've
0: been, you know.
1: Well. <laughs> Clearly, um, people at Much Music are playing a wicked game and he never felt that way. <laughs> see myself out. That was dreadful. Jamie, <laughs>
0: shit, get out. <laughs> yeah. um, you also have a podcast called Famous Last Words. Um,
2: what's that all about? It's called Famous Lost Words. It's very, very clever. Um, ah. <clears throat> it's uh, my my friend and co co podcaster really does all the hard work his name is tom jokic and he's a radio producer and he uh goes into the archives and digs around and finds all these interviews that go back in time to like elvis and as modern Swift, swift right and he picks through and picks all the best bits and then we just sit and talk about it we just play interview bits and most of these interviews were heard maybe once Maybe even just a portion of them was heard once. So there's just gold in those archives, and of course, it's always fun to go back, like you know, twenty, thirty years. And artists just hang themselves if you give them a chance. And <laughs> as, as you know, yeah. So it's like you know, Sting talking about tantric sex. Well, okay, you know, if you must. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was, it was, that's the positive of like the modern day with the digital age people can just email you have to go do me a favor can you take that bit out i shouldn't have said that
2: yeah yeah too late
1: <laughs> just like Ow, you,
2: you, you no. guys are muso muso types you'll 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 enjoy this show we've been doing it now for about five years or so we're we're in over a hundred countries and uh again it's a lot of fun to do
1: i'm gonna check it out yeah, yeah.
0: Especially with guests like um, Duran Duran and Aerosmith, like I'm all over that, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well, and Alicia Keys. Like you've got so much, it's unbelievable. I'm all over it, Chris. I'll be there.
2: Listening. Yeah, I mean, well, Tom digs so deeply into these archives, and they are it is rich and deep. There's a lot of stuff there,
1: so amazing. So I'm definitely going to check. Yeah. I did. I did want to mention as well. Being a songwriter, you work with these artists. come up with these great pieces of music and then especially in today's modern age with youtube and things like that there's so many people doing covers and reimaginings of songs these days have you heard like any reimagining like covers of songs that you've done
2: yes well in particular black velvet that one gets covered a lot and it's been in many different languages and really cheesy translations of it and you know like a a lot of things but even just in the last year or so, um, Kelly Clarkson did a version on her TV show wow. and yeah, and Melissa Etheridge did a version. She was doing a, a show during the pandemic from her basement. And she did this like epic eight minute version of it, which was great. And she's playing all the parts. It's one of those things where she like lays down a part and then hits record and plays another part and stacks them up together. Yeah.
0: Amazing.
2: Yeah, it, it was amazing and uh there's been a country version of it they had a show on uh, cbc in canada that called cover me canada and they chose like, four songs for people to audition with including black velvet and so all of a sudden there was just this plethora of different versions of of the song appearing online so there'd be you know a hip-hop version and there'd be like a country music version and a a you know, Celtic version, and there'd be like a solo banjo player sitting on a box playing it. I mean, it was just every day there was something new, and it was it was really fun to to see. You know, because you you have the idea, and then you put it out in the world, and it kind of doesn't belong to you anymore in some ways, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's really fun to see what someone else does with your ideas. It's it's a huge compliment too.
1: But obviously, people have got to have a love for the music to sit there and pick it apart and change its style and everything like that. That's dedication yeah. to a song.
2: Yeah, there was some really good versions. There was, there was a really good hip hop version. I Never would have called that. Need to hear this there too. was a scary metal version uh, that came out once. They they it was. I'm trying to remember. This is either the name of the band or the name of the album. It was called Nail Works. Ever heard of that? No. Well, on the cover there was a bunch of nails. <laughs> and on the head of each nail was like a picture of each one of the band members, right? So <laughs> You get getting the getting the idea.
0: Yeah. yeah. Let's chuck it down. Let's find that. I think check it out.
2: Yeah, and it's the double kick drum, you know, bo 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 you know. Oh you know, yeah, kind of like that kind of barfy sounding vocal, you know, black and little boy's you know, and it was just—you you wouldn't want to hear it late at night; it would scare you.
1: I want to hear you doing that style now. After that little treatment there, that was great.
2: Well, that's, that's that's it. That's all I got.
1: <laughs> um, as, as we start wrapping up looking back at your career are there any artists who you like really wanted to work with like maybe the chance was there and it just didn't pay off or for any particular reason just anyone you really wanted to work with over your career and never got a chance though
2: i think i would have rolled over my grandmother to work with aretha franklin um but um that's rude i know um <laughs> and she had a song of mine on hold at one point and then didn't record it so that was one of those oh. ah, it's so close you know uh to me she was just the greatest of all time and luckily I got to see her play live a couple of times so that oh, that would been, that would have been the dream right
1: <laughs> I can't imagine how, how many times that must happen as a songwriter they're like oh they, they might use it they might yet they're not using it <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's happened a lot. But that's just part of the deal.
1: I can imagine it is. Yeah. Before we let you go, Mr. Ward, is there anything you're working on at the moment that you can talk about?
2: Um, well, luckily with this TV thing, I'm going to be a consultant on it. So that's something that I'm really excited about. Um, so we'll see. And I'm writing a bunch of new songs. So who knows? There may be Same River Thrice. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah.
0: Please call it that. Please call it that. What <laughs> okay.
2: Just for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, let me, yeah. Uh... Let me back <laughs> no, no. Mr.
1: Stevens, do you have any final questions for our wonderful guest?
0: I certainly do. And I apologize for sounding like a complete fucking weirdo this entire interview, but when you first started out with a music career, did you ever think this is where your life would be today? Where you'd end up here right now, having all that success previously
2: on your podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, because I think, you know, rightly or wrongly, I was always taught to sort of, you know, temper my ambitions. Don't, Don't get, don't get too big for your britches kind of upbringing, you know, I mean, British, British parentage, you know, (laughs) and and it was just, you know, keep a lid on it, simmer down kids. So I I didn't ever expect anything. Um, And so when each little thing came along, that was a surprise or, you know, was something I would call a success, I was just grateful and I still am. Incredible. Like you've achieved some
1: incredible things in your career, sir. Like it's been amazing to hear your stories. It really has. Oh, and thank you very much. Your, your impression was just phenomenal to be honest with you. That
2: that was just up. Is the I'll have to sit in front of the telly and go bang bang. So <laughs> <laughs> good yeah. Oh. Phenomenal.
1: Um, Before we let go, any plug social media's websites you want anyone to go and check out?
2: Uh, ChristopherWard.ca is where you'll find the latest and the greatest. Incredible. I usually get somebody else to do it for me, though, (laughs) because I'm busy making cumin-lime shrimp, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want to try it. I want to try it
0: now.
1: Yeah.
2: Go for it. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's good. Have you (laughs) over? There's the invite now. We're we're over summer barbecue at Chris's house. We're all going to be there.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Oh sorry. (laughs) 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 Woo!
0: Chris, thank you, thank you so much. This has been absolutely unbelievable. It's been great to chat to you.
2: You're welcome, guys. Thank you so much for your hospitality. It was it was really enjoyable Ah, for me too. And I look forward so pleased to seeing it on the on where where will I be able to see it.
0: It'd be everywhere. everywhere youtube spotify google apple it'd be everywhere yeah, okay christopher thank you so much mate enjoy the rest <laughs> of your day
1: all right all
2: right guys take care take I- care I- my friends.
1: see you later what a fantastic conversation so many are oh, the comment that's the stories as a huge mike myers fan growing up as well just ah oh, i loved this one so much so, yeah,
0: Chris, thank you so much for taking the time out. Again, like I said, if you've already been scheduled to sit and chat to us, like it really meant the world, um, and it was just fascinating hearing you speak and hearing you talk. Um, but most importantly, we all hope that you all enjoyed listening to it, as much as we did, recording it.
1: It's about getting into schools and talking to young people, because, you know, I I know that people can change.
0: And it's about talking to people and getting them to understand
1: and perhaps step back from violence and and prejudice and whatever. We just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely.
0: Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation.
1: The times are changing, and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of
2: young teenagers, young adults, and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much.
1: To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Me, 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 Mr. Stevens. Yeah. No, no, no. J- no, no. J- Jay. Jay,
0: Jay, Jay, Jay. <laughs> Jay, J- Me, J- J, Me, Jay, Jay. J, 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 me, J, 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 me.
1: That's my ringtone. It's all into participation time, baby.
0: Participate, bitch, participate, bitch. Participate, bitch, participate, bitch.
1: (laughs) I love these so much. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. This week I said don't you just love those simple little pleasures in life those little moments of pure bliss like realizing there's another layer of chocolate in the box something simple like that. So with that in mind we ask you what are your favorite little pleasures in life that just fill you with pure happiness and bliss. What say you Mr. Stevens? Not being given
0: wrestling spoilers. That's a good one. So there's, yes. there's moments where you know, you know there's like big returns or something or anything like that, and not knowing about it is the, one of the greatest things in the world. Um, but I'll tell you, one of my favorite ones is eating frosted wheats. Okay. You know the shredded, wheat, shredded wheat. But yeah, they're frosted. Yes. And then when you get ones that are super frosted, oh, oh, heaven! Or the frosties that are super frosty. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> goddamn unbelievable oh, cereal is a big win mm-hmm. for me cereal is a wow. huge win so when you get to some cereal that's like you know it's just a bit that bit more chocolatey than it's meant to be or like a bit more frosty it's meant to be or like a bit more sugar or a crunching complex, a bit more honey than it meant to be <laughs> it is like oh, i uh just <laughs> that wonderful oh i love uh, another one of, favorite of mine sorry is when you eat crisps so like skips or discos so it skips and it has all the dust at the bottom or the discos mm. and, and you just pour it in it's just all that Corona cocktail or salt of vinegar goodness. I love that shit
1: as well. <laughs> I love this question so much because it's it's those little things like something really. I don't know if anyone else thinks this, but I feel there's no better feeling in this world than after a long day when you roll your socks down slightly and you have a good scratch as to where it's digging into your ankle all day. Oh, it's like pure bliss that moment.
0: I think that, I think that makes it sore, is not it? I I agree really with <laughs> the sock down a bit, and you go. Oh, that's wonderful! <laughs> but then, scratch, I think scratching is a bad idea because I think it makes it bad, bad for your skin. I think, doesn't it? I don't know. I love it. I, just, I just, oh, that's oh,
1: I, I love doing it. I don't know why. I just yeah, it just makes you, me so happy.
0: You made me think of another one, and this Go is on. weird. Go after on. being some after being sunburned, when your skin peels oh yes and but you, you get that if it's like a shoulder or whatever and it's a nice and it just keeps going and going and you're like oh my. so do you know what 2000 trees where i really badly burnt my calf and my, the side of my knee yes yeah because obviously i sat over that bench and the sun was like beaming for hours obviously i'd crispified myself so much i got to a point where there was a bit hanging off so i peer but it literally i could hear it though because it was oh. so like and i literally took half my leg off like I was just like, holy shit. But the noise was fascinating and the feeling is just fascinating. I'm so sorry, that's really weird. And now no one's gonna to want to love me ever again, but still.
1: <laughs> you agree. But as, as kids, we all love peeling PVA glue off our hand. It's just the oh. it's just a biological version, that's all it is. Where's all the PVA gone, kids?
0: No idea. No i just this is my moment where I've got to pray.
1: It's it's, it's prayer time. <laughs> Oh, let's get some audience answers. Keris Mansfield, she says, "Waking up when I want to on a Saturday." Oh, I'm so jealous of that. Jealousy, nine to fivers, Monday to Fridays. Oh, well, we do it when with no kids. It's great, with no kids. Yeah, there it is. Phil Andre, our good friend from Motley Brew, says, "There's nothing better than a perfectly cooked poached egg." Yeah, they are great. They are. Yeah, he is bang on there. <laughs> Alan Carr. Radiator pants in the winter. <laughs> you can't deny that. You know what? Do you know what? Yeah. When you when you put your radiator on, you put
0: like your jogging pop, your joggers on or something, just to let them warm up, and you put. Oh, he is oh, bang on there.
1: Yeah, nothing better. <laughs> Graham Arnold. I like this was quite sweet. A freshly made BLT by my other half. That's a, that's adorable. I like that, Graham. I like that. But not normally your sort. I like it. David Graham says nothing better than eating a Magnum ice cream on a hot day. I like that. Do like a magnum. Do like a magnum. Nina Hewitson says, curling up in my chair with a book and a cup of tea. Nice. Like it. Like it. Danielle Bushell and Emma Wharton came up with the same answer for this one. Nothing better than getting into clean bedding after a nice hot bath or shower. Clean bedding is a beauty as well. Yes, Absolutely. The wife, Becky Westwood, she says, the bliss of taking your bra after for a bloody long day. And quite a lot of comments saying, yes, this one, I agree. Yes, I definitely agree with this one. <laughs> Dina Payne, and this happened to me earlier on today, so fully get this one. Finding a stray chip in the bottom of a Mackie D's bag.
2: Oh, yes. oh, that is a win. Oh, yeah, 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 that is That's an absolute win. win.
1: <laughs> Jerry Keane says, watching clips of Peter Sellers as Clouseau as on YouTube. Oh like that. yeah. That's just, I'm having a nice moment. I'm going to watch me some Peter Sellers. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Dean Salmon, with one we can all agree, being left alone at work. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Kirsty Darby, everything after my three-year-old is in bed. Yeah, I get that one. I get that one. Lisa Clemens, the smell of lilacs wafting through an open window. I like that. I like that. Quite. A lot. Yeah. I love it when our guests get involved. Uh, Emily Stevens, this one's a bit weird. I, I, I get weirded out when people put chores on things like this. But hanging washing on the line. i for you. You should. You one of those that likes housework.
0: I don't know if she enjoy. I think we we do because uh, I like to Hoover and mow lawns. So I think she likes to Hoover Hoover and like yes, yeah, so I think she does. Yeah, oh, fair enough.
1: <laughs> Robbie Williams being able to listen to music at work days are so much slower when you can't have a quick single or a dance in the corner.
0: That's I could definitely. tell him doing it as well. Yeah.
1: Hannah <laughs> from Rockfit, future guest of the show, says hot chocolate and building Lego. Like that a lot. Like that a lot. Molly Rennick, another former guest of the show. Making coffee in the morning and picking which mug I want to use. Which to me says, Molly, you have a serious bad habit of buying way too many mugs, which I completely get. Oh yeah. Yeah, I get that one.
0: And she goes by Hayning now, not Rennick.
1: Yeah, no. It made it relatable. Okay. So I say, former guest Molly Haining's like, I don't know who this is. Where's her episode? <laughs> Two more for you. Shelley Harris which I think so many people can relate to. Seeing a dog there's literally nothing changes my mood and general perspective of my day than the sight of a dog. I get that. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And last but not least, it's Mali Malpass. <laughs> because it's no audience participation is complete without a Mali Malpass answer. Nothing makes me happier than breaking out my less than mint 1990 K's catalogue having a nostalgia drink. <laughs> <What a laughs> <take. laughs>
0: Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I can't wait to have him on the Bloodstock blog next week. It's I'm gonna so be beautiful. It's going to be great. Absolutely incredible. Thank you to absolutely everyone that participates in Jamie's Challenge every week. It's it's great. We love it. And we love it when people get involved. It just really makes us <laughs> happy. And we really appreciate it more than anything. So if you enjoy Jamie's participation challenge, Tom's journal, Callum's Treachings, the absolute garbage we talk at the beginning on the interview. Then you enjoy the other 95 editions of Chronicles of Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, whether it be Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcast from, we're there. Chronicles of Podcast, make sure you find us there. We're also on YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast, Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that bell to get notified whenever new videos are released. And please comment to your fucking like, heart's content. It would be absolutely glorious. Thank you so much. You'll find all of our interviews are on there. All of our shows are on there. All of our Bloodstock Live interviews from last year are on there. Our Dublin Cross vlog is on there. Our Bloodstock vlog is on there. Our hashtag WBW Way Back Wednesdays are on there. Uh, and our 2000 Trees interviews are still continuing. There's not many left but they are still coming. And of course, our brand new interviews for Bloodstock for the next week will also begin to arrive in the next month or so. Um. So yeah. So thank you so much for checking those out. Make sure you subscribe that that's the main thing we need you to do on there. You can also find us on the facey B uh, at the Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you press the like button, share it everywhere, add some memes and some whatever else on there. That'd be absolutely great. Um. But
1: thinking about it, Jamie, where else could you find us? find us listening to all of Christopher Ward's music, whether it be his solo albums or music he's helped with. Absolutely. Or you'll find us on the Twitter... Nah, I can't. On the X!
0: <laughs> nah. The Twitter! <laughs> at TCO Pod. And whilst you listen to all of Christopher Ward's albums and music, wherever you find that, and following us on Twitter or X, um, where
1: else can you find us? Looking at a burger from Thailand made solely of 20 slices of cheese and thinking, can I actually eat this? Or... I, I don't know.
0: Well, I'd rather be in our Instagram
1: yeah,
0: at TCO Pod. You can find us on TikTok at TCO Pod. Make sure you go and find Jamie's Chesney Hawks video because it's still hands down one of the greatest clips ever made. Um oh, but we have all of our little clips from our interviews and our shows as well that you can go and check out just to give you a bit of a taster uh, of who's who. And if you like that interview, you can go and check out in full on the YouTube. So it makes sense, does not it? Come on, connect with us on the, uh, LinkedIn at The Chronicles of Podcast, please, put everything on there as well. Obviously, it's more businessy side, but it'd be great to have you all on there, uh, showing and love and support. Uh, or you can come on down to our sexy little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. You can find out all about us on there, all of our shows and episodes are on there, all of our affiliations and sponsors are on there, uh, and our Chronicles of Podcast shop where you can get yourself some TCO pod merch. So make sure you start investing. Give us, give us some dollar, and we can make this show even better. Be absolutely grand. So, most importantly, subscribe to us on YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast and follow us on all the socials at TCO Pod. Thank you for that. And now, a word from our
1: Jamie. That's me. Before we get out of here, let's say thank you to a few of our friends. First off, we have to say a massive thank you to the man that provides us every single piece of music that you hear on this show. That man is Mr. Singer Songwriter himself, Matt Roberts. Go give Matt a follow on all the social medias at Matt Roberts Music. Go check out all of his music. He's got so much of an amazing back catalogue, and including his last album, Light of Day. And if you were paying attention last week, he released his brand new single, Rat Race. It goes without saying, it is absolutely. Superb. Massive thank you to Matt for everything he does for this show. It means the absolute world, sir, and we cannot wait to see what you're doing next. And, of course, we have to say a massive thank you to Mr. Braden Barry and his Stay Cozy Clothing. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com Have a look what they're selling there. It could be that T-shirt that Tom's wearing right there. It could be that hat that Tom's wearing right there. All the most amazing apparel you could find. Hoodies, T-shirts, hats. And of course, you know what I'm going to say. Those beautiful, beautiful mugs. Absolutely incredible those mugs are. So add whatever you like to look of to your basket. Enter that discount code, The Chronicles, and get yourself 10% off your order. A little thank you from Mr. Barry to yourselves and of course talking of Braden, we mustn't forget he's also a musician himself do not forget to go check out all his music under say we can fly his last album beneath the roses is absolutely incredible it is definitely a contender for album of the year for us guys and he has been teasing some new music on his social medias so keep an ear and eye out for those and last but not least we have to say a massive thank you to the sophie lancaster foundation they're stamping out prejudice hatred and intolerance Everywhere, and I literally mean everywhere. I know what happened to Sophie happened here in the UK, but it doesn't mean that Sophie's story doesn't resonate elsewhere in the world. So, no matter where in the world you are listening to this show from, share Sophie's story, please. Head on over to w.sophilancasterfoundation.com. Look at what you can do to help and share Sophie's story because it is so important that people are free to be who they want to be, listen to the music they want to listen to, dress the way they like, just be themselves. And not have to worry and constantly look over their shoulder. As you're listening to this, we are currently at the Bloodstock Festival. We are surrounded by people who are dressing how they want, being how they want. It could be blistering hot weather and they want to wear black leather and PVC. And fucking right they should and damn right they do but who cares if it's hot because we can be ourselves and it is beautiful to see a massive thank you to everyone who came to the rebellion music festival recently and went and saw the foundation helped them raise a ton of money. Some beautiful stories been coming out of rebellion. It's been amazing to see if you're at bloodstock, please go and visit the tent. Go say hello, buy a piece of merch. Come say hello to me and Tom. We would love to talk to you on this show as well. Make you part of our blog that we always create at the end of Bloodstock. Massive thank you to everyone that joined us last year. Hopefully we'll see you guys as well. But please do come and say hello and be part of this project. And last but not least, a massive thank you to my very handsome, beautiful co-host there.
0: Thank you very much, Jamie. It's graciously appreciated. And right back at you. Um, I completely agree with everything that Jamie just said there. So, yeah, please do come say hello at the Bloodstock Festival. will be absolutely amazing. Thank you to everyone that attended Rebellion Music Festival uh, this weekend, just gone and saw everybody, uh, went to the foundation and bought some merch. So, thank you very much. But, Jamie, another excellent episode, don't you agree? Oh, yes. It's been absolutely incredible. Christopher, thank you so much again for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to sit and chat to us. It was absolutely fantastic. We're- But we're so excited that we finally got this one out there for people to enjoy. Uh, But as for this week, we'll see you next week for the Chronicles of
1: Hannah Hawkey of Rockfit UK. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.